0: This is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
1: and Nasty on a Tuesday. It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and our guy Dan McLaughlin who's going to be with us throughout the entire show as Jamie dips out to do some blues hockey at 4 o'clock. Welcome into the Fastlane where it's 203 your time tracker is <laughs> brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers and officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Judging by Jamie's attitude, the first hmm. two hours might be a little bumpy. So, Dan,
2: thank you for being here.
3: You bet. Uh, happy to fill yeah. in. Jamie's gone at 4 o'clock and not a minute too soon. That's right. Yeah, I'm He's fired up. He's fired up. I'm pissed
2: off at the comments Ooh. from John Mozaylock yesterday. I had a hard time sleeping last night. I talked to a bunch of neighbors and people and, and they're... Experts. No, they're not. They're fans. <laughs> they're passionate fans. And the mixed signals that the front office is currently putting out there to their fan base is problematic for people they don't want to hear about three starters then two starters then internal options and that payroll is going to go up but it's not really look over here you know that whole thing they're tired of that mm-hmm. and in fact a lot of them feel to the point of like just tell us the truth so that at least then we can't be disappointed like, just say, hey, here's what we're going to do. Here's who we're going to target. The price range that we're looking at, instead of, like, throwing everything on the wall, then trying to scrape some of it off, and then putting some of it back on, and then you don't know what the hell's going on.
1: It's kind of like mudding. That's not fun.
2: It's not fun at all. Especially no. when you're doing the sanding you part. You do the sand. And it gets all in the air, right. and then you got to wipe it down. Just, you don't need to do that.
1: Then you think it's even, and then you paint it, and then you realize it's not really that even. And it's
2: even. kind of bubbled out, and you're it's like, kind oh, of bubbling I got to start all over yeah. again. Yeah. You know what why do that right? right just do it right the first time Good what call. would
3: you have said the first time
2: i would have been uh relatively obscure with details
3: just say hey we we know we need to address pitching and that's what we're going to focus yeah. on this off season
2: it's easy last season was no fun for anybody we intend on improving that because cardinals fans deserve more two we understand we also need pitching in all areas the rotation the bullpen all of it We do have some internal options that we're hoping continue to blossom and develop, but we're not counting on that right now. We're trying to make sure we have a good team for you guys. Boom, there, we're done.
3: And you don't even have to say we're not counting on it right now. We hope they develop into the potential starters, relievers, that we know they can be, and time will tell. Mm -hmm.
2: There you go. Yeah. That wouldn't have been hard, would
3: it? You know, it's interesting. Mo always says, I don't like to talk in absolutes. And when he said, pitching, pitching, pitching. <laughs> That's
2: all he did the last year and a half.
3: It's uh, It backs you into a corner because people are going to sit there and say, hey, you said three starters. Where are the three starters? Got to have them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I understand where the fans' frustration would be with that. No no doubt
1: about it. Certainly. So this is where I'm at after sleeping on it for, Oh, you know. At
2: least you slept.
1: Because it hit right in the middle of your show, didn't it? It did toward the end, really. Yeah. So we reacted and we reacted in kind of a Twitter way, Dan worked. What? First first reaction. Boom. Let That's it ended. rip. Let it rip. So after seeing Mo's <clears throat> more detailed comments, I realized, and a lot some people I kind of maybe saw this yesterday too. I realized what he's talking about is, yeah, the budget is gonna be about the same as it was a year ago. But we've got plenty to spend because we shed some of those contracts either at the deadline or with guys like adam wainwright who retired so they will have money to spend my question is will you be willing to expand the budget if you're able to land one or two of these big fishes so let's say two starters name your name two starters whatever that gets you up to that 200 million Now you need a third. Are you willing to go another 15 to 25 million per year to expand the budget? That's my question. Because if you're not, fans, once again, have every right to be ticked off.
3: When I read into the comments, I thought they're going to be aggressive on the trade market. And that's one of the things that you can do to shed payroll, but then add it back with the type of uh, player, pitcher, reliever that you want. Mm -hmm. And there's some contracts that are there that are pretty big. And if you wanted to shed some and then go out and get pitching, that is another way to do it. Not saying necessarily they're going to do that, but I read into it that way too. So who do you think could be hypothetically on the trade block? I mean, there's a bunch of guys. I mean, Nolan Arenado makes a ton of money. You know, he was clearly not happy at the end of the season. I'm not saying they'd go out and trade him, but that'd be a name that I'd think about. Mm-hmm. Especially when, at the All-Star break, you heard his name a lot. Remember, guys? I mean, there were people talking about, hey, do you want to stay here? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I want to stay here. Usually, and Jamie, you can vouch for this. Usually, if there's a little bit of smoke, there might be fire. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're on the national media. And, I'm again, I'm not saying he's going to get traded. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just throwing out... Options that are there potentially to clear up some of that space in terms of salary. Would I trade him? Hell no, I wouldn't. You know, he's a great player. He's a future Hall of Famer in my mind, and he's still somewhat in the prime of his career. And if you're going to win, you got to have some guys that have done it before in terms of not necessarily did they win before, but I mean guys that have been in the, the major leagues for a long time to teach young players. And they've got a lot of young players. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. Do you keep him, or do you say, eh, "Hey, he cleans out a lot of the salaries that we have, and we can go get a lot of pitching for him"?
1: Boy, you better get an ace.
3: Yeah, you better get absolutely. It, yeah,
2: because you're getting rid of an ace at third base, right? Like that's what it is. You're, you're... losing one of the best third basemen in the game. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. Yep. So, if you're going to irritate your fan base by getting rid of one of those guys, one of the best third basemen maybe ever.
3: Oh, not maybe.
2: Maybe right, like he's in the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're going to do that, you better make sure that you're getting something of equal value in return. And it's got to be pitching. But who out there right now would be equal value in return? And,
1: and, and what team would be willing to give up that ace exactly. to get? You know, you were talking about a contender. It, well, you'd it also I
3: think you'd have to look at big market teams that instead of saying our payroll is going to be 150 million dollars, they say our payroll's 250. So if we take him on and then maybe trade some of the pitching that we have, understanding that you're gonna go into the market and spend money on pitching anyway, those are the kind of teams that might be able to take that that contract on.
2: Yeah, I just feel like if I have an ace that is of equal value to Nolan Arenado, I'm probably not trading that guy.
3: What about somebody that's below an ace, still very good, and then you're getting some young pitching that you know Uh, is going to pan out?
2: No, Dan, I'm not interested.
3: Ie Matthew Liberatore.
2: Uh, Yeah, I'm just not interested. The young pitcher is just too unpredictable. I know what Nolan Arenado is. I know what he is. Even if he had a down year last year, whatnot. I know what he is. So if you're going to sell me on bringing back a number two or a number one ish pitcher and then a bunch of young guys, I'm out. I'm hanging up the phone.
3: I think there's some other guys that teams would want, and one's a switch hitter in Tommy Edmond that's shown he's versatile to play the outfield, can play short, can play second. I would not want to give up Brendan Donovan, but, you know, that's another young guy. But these are guys that aren't making a ton of money, yeah, I was about and, saying, and that's yeah. the thing that— Newt, same deal. Yeah, to get them off the books, it didn't really, you know, affect you all that much salary-wise.
2: The organization's got Tommy Edmond pegged as, as a part of the, the foundation for this mm-hmm. team. Last year, that's what it was, was Goldie, Arnado, Tommy Edmond. Is like our foundation moving forward. So they're not—one, I don't think they're going to trade Tommy Edmond. but two, what are you really getting— Tommy
3: Edmond. There's some teams that would want him.
2: Okay, I'm I'm not saying you couldn't trade him.
3: But what's the top-end guy that you would get back? I I understand that. What's the
2: return I'm getting? If the return is mid, what the hell am I doing? Just go spend the money on a mid guy. right? You know what I'm saying? And keep Tommy Edmond. Or package a couple of guys together if possible, and go get somebody that's of higher value. I'm not just trading a guy just to trade him. Just to say, hey, we made a trade and we brought in pitching. But it's still, it's like very mediocre.
3: The one thing that Tommy does potentially in a trade offer another team is that his his versatility to play the outfield and play in particular center would be of value. He can play shortstop and second at an all-star caliber or gold glove caliber level. Same thing with the outfield. I, I thought he was a tremendous center fielder. So there is value there. But to your point, Jamie, I get it. Are you getting a number one back form? Absolutely not. But are you getting mid-tier, pretty good prospect, guy that can give you some innings maybe at the major league level? Yeah. The, you'd but then probably why not get just that. Go sign that? That's you know the know point. Yeah.
2: I'd, if I got a Tommy Edmund who's valuable, and he is very valuable to the Cardinals, why am I trading him just to go get a mid level guy when I, mm-hmm. I, as an organization, that's money I'm willing to spend and I'm able to spend is on a mid level guy.
1: What if it's a number two starter that's cost controlled?
2: For Tommy Edmond? Yeah. Well, I'll take it. Yeah. I don't think you'll get that.
1: What about a number three? Where's the line of demarcation here?
2: For me, it's got, look, I. Non cost
1: it, control guy, but he's a three.
2: If I'm going for a three, I'm just going to buy it. I'm not wasting a player that i think is valuable on my roster i'm just gonna go buy it with my free agent money
1: what if you have other tommy Edmonds within the organization
2: i understand what you're saying you got brendan donovan and you got gc who might be the next guy too or i think that's how you pronounce his name you have options um <clears throat> yeah i could be enticed
4: because he's, he's it look,
1: 28 yeah i don't know i'm just i'm hey we're, I know, we're you're talking seeing what my threshold yeah is. we're talking
2: You're not happy. No, I am He's thinking.
1: He's processing. Okay.
4: Let's let him think.
2: I'm just looking at it from a standpoint of, you know, what would be my threshold for someone like Tommy Edmund. A number two pitcher, I'd do it in a heartbeat.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: Sign the papers immediately. A number three, I'd have to see who it is. What kind of a number three is he? Mm -hmm. Is he a number three that's pitched to contact, one of those guys I already have somewhere in my roster? No, it ain't happening. If it's a guy with high upside as far as swing and miss and maybe can potentially even – pitch above where he's at right now? Yeah, I'd be interested.
1: All yeah. right. Good. Would you trade Nolan for Sandy alcantara and one of the other Miami Nolan pitchers? Who? Arnado.
2: Okay, because we got a couple of them on the team. Nolan. Eh? Arnado.
1: Would you trade him for Sandy alcantara coming off the injury and one of their other starters?
2: That
3: would release uh how many years does he have left on his deal? He's probably got f- five maybe
1: four or five at 25 per 30 per whatever it is i doubt he goes to miami but skip is down there and they did go to the playoffs last year yeah i think he has a no trade too Mm -hmm. so he can dictate where he wants to go probably didn't want to go there but i'm just saying
3: if if you are going to look into that and explore it it's got to start with the dodgers because that's the childhood team. Mm -hmm. That's where he's living on the West Coast.
2: Well, he's got the no-trade clause, too.
3: That's what I just said, yeah, Yeah. no-trade. So it's got to start with there. Maybe the Angels, would he want to go there to Southern California? (laughs) Does he want to go to the Padres? You know, that's where he start, I would think. Mm -hmm. You know, guys wanting to go back home and play for those teams, but in particular, the Dodgers. And the Dodgers always seem to have pitching. Now, they didn't have a lot of good pitching there at the end of this season, but that's an outlier. They do have some young guys, and they got guys coming off injury, too, that would be of interest for any team out there. So mm-hmm. it's just something to think. Like, Walker Bueller comes to mind. May comes to mind. I mean, they've got Jimmy some guys here. very tight. <laughs> very tight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice pants
1: Um.
2: (laughs) he must work out that would be
1: that would be interesting if so dustin may coming off the injury walker buehler did not pitch all of last year because of tommy john if you're the cardinals would you would you take on that risk? And we're talking about two shedding, guys. yeah, shedding a little payroll here mm-hmm. gives you more
2: flexibility. I don't know if I'm trading Nolan Arenado for Taking a question on,
1: mark. But take well, it'd be two question marks. I but, don't know be, if I'm doing it'd that. it be we two question be. marks. It could be one, two in your rotation.
2: I understand, or they could be uh, out of the. Rotation completely that's, and hurt again. That's correct. Yeah, no.
3: And we probably need to make sure that if somebody just tuned in, we're not saying that they're going to trade Nolan no, Arenado. We're no. just throwing out various we're doing the radio thing. scenarios yes. in which you start to shed payroll. We're and doing then the think irresp- about,
1: Dan, we're doing the irresponsible radio, radio thing. I don't know if it's
3: irresponsible. I don't. I, I, I think you have a guy that's a corner guy. You got Nolan Gorman. You got Jordan Walker. You got Tommy Edmond can play there. You got Brendan Donovan what do you need? You need pitching and you need a ton of it. Mm -hmm. And you need to shed some payroll potentially to get these frontline starters if you decide to dip your toe into the water of free agency. It's just, if if they're not going to increase payroll, you got to look internally and say, and Jamie, you know this. I mean, you've seen it with teams. If you're going to stay at that number of payroll from year after year, you got to get creative with your own people to try to shed it and, and give yourself some flexibility. Yeah.
2: But at the same time, I feel like And I understand your thought process, and I don't disagree with it. From my own standpoint, I look at it and go, if I'm really trying to change this organization overnight... Oh, free agency. am am I really getting rid of one of the best players in all of baseball to do it? I understand I need pitching, but at this point, I'd rather spend the 50-some million, go get a couple of studs into the rotation and you know take a year where maybe on paper you start the year where it looks like you're taking a loss based upon your own budgeted projections and whatnot but put a winner out there
3: here's the other thing that we haven't talked about how much will some of these players defer I mean that's the other thing too if you're trying to get to a certain payroll and you've got guys that you want to sign and maybe it's uncomfortable for the team in 2024 there are ways to get creative. I mean, that's something to think about too. If you get uh, you sit down with Aaron Nola, it's going to cost you two hundred million, and you get to X and say, "Look, if you want to have a competitive team around us, we're not going to take away your money, but you're going to have to defer X." Mm-hmm. And if you do that, then we can talk. And that's something to think about too.
1: That's Dan McLaughlin, Jamie Rivers, and Anthony Stalzer, It's the Fast 9 on One Hundred and One ESPN. Justin left us a mic drop on this topic. Let's get into that next on One Hundred and One ESPN. <laughs>
0: Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, as far as the Mo comments go, I mean, it doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, they've basically done the same thing for the last... 11 years now, settle for mediocrity, make the playoffs, have a winning season, and then, you know, get knocked out, no World Series, that kind of thing, get humiliated in the CS a few years ago. Um, Yeah, that's just what they do, and now they're going to do it again, and they're just going to buy tickets and go to the games because that's what we do. So, anyway, all right. Thanks, guys. See,
1: Justin gets it. If you set your expectations (laughs) pretty low.
2: Yeah.
3: It's hard to be disappointed. I'm not so sure that I agree totally with what he said. What do you mean? I think there's some frustrated fans, and you're going to find out right around the holiday season when... The ticket packs go out, and season ticket renewals are there. What uh, the, the generally speaking, what the temperature is of the fan base? Go bank yourself, San Diego. I, I think if you go out and get a guy or two, then your fan base is quickly back in. But they're going to have to go do something to to show fans that they're going to put the best product they can out there.
1: Who's the guy that like makes you pick up pick up the phone though and say, "Give me them PSLs? Yamamoto. You think so? Well, it's going to
3: cost you a ton. And if you outbid everybody else to go get him, and a lot of people believe that outside Otani, he's probably number two Mm -hmm. on this list, yeah, I think a lot of people would be excited about that. And it would show that you're you're trying, that you're really putting a big effort financially into a guy that you think can help turn this
1: thing around. Generally speaking, would you guys rather see the Cardinals sign Aaron Nola and then two, like, bargains, or spread out the money and get three pretty good pitchers but no ace?
2: Um well, that would certainly would be the cardinal way, wouldn't it?
1: It certainly would.
2: Yeah. No, I'd rather take the sledgehammer out to the house, house fly this time.
1: Get the ace. Get the ace. But then you're going to backfill. Okay.
2: I think there's I think there's more guys that you can backfill with rather than going the other direction of just a bunch of mid guys. Get the ace, get your number one, get that one guy that you know when he takes the bump, he gives you the best chance to win every five days, He's pitching the first game of your first playoff series, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then you can always find the, the middle of the road guys that can, you know, punch up, so to say.
1: I'm talking about you sign Nola yep. and then it's like Michael Walker and.
2: Yep. I'm fine with that. Sunny Gray. Hill.
1: No, I'm not talking about... Shoot, I this...
2: take that in a heartbeat. Yeah, Sonny Gray. Yeah, no, I'm
1: not talking about a Sunny Gray. Sunny Gray would be in the other don't option. Don't
2: say Richo, because it makes me puke a little bit in my okay,
1: mouth. Okay. Um, um, one-year yeah, flyer a on somebody. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I would do Michael Walker, and then a one-year flyer on another Whoever. guy in that Another
1: Michael, Michael Walker yeah, type.
2: I'd be, I would be fine with
1: that. Sonny Gray would be in like my option, too, for this question. So it would be like Sonny Gray. I don't know. Three Sunny Gray types. Isn't that kind of what Jamie's
3: saying, though? I don't know if Sonny Gray would be a number 1 for me, but right. he'd be a good 2, 3 for sure. Um, but I think Jamie's saying go out and get that ace. I, I'm, I don't. It's going to be really interesting where the marketplace goes because there's some, there's some major market teams that need pitching that are in the boat like the Cardinals, and they're going to go out and spend a lot of money. And so where does that take the Cardinals? To a puke level of what they want to spend? Probably, but you may have to do it. If you want that number one, that's probably what you're going to have to do.
4: It reminds me of the movie Air. Have you seen Air? Yes. About Michael Jordan? What a great Air movie. Air Bud? No, not Air Bud. Another but great dog. another great no. film,
2: but in Air. Along the same lines, but different.
1: Oh, Up, where the old man no. loses his wife and then no. decides
2: to go <clears throat> on a balloon ride with Anthony, the kid. No, another you let good Andrew good movie, get but... his point across, because he's, he's making a very good
4: one here. But Air, inspired by true events with Nike, they decide hey, we're just going to get that one guy, Michael Jordan. Instead of spreading out their budget Mm -hmm. on three different dudes, they went for that one guy. He happened to be the best player to ever play basketball. And look where Nike Mm -hmm. is now. That's kind of what it reminds me of. Go and get that one guy that will put you over the top, Mm -hmm. just like Jamie's talking about.
1: Okay. So Jamie's made his decision. Marsh has made his decision. (laughs) Have you go, made get your the, decision? go get the Michael Jordan
3: of uh, Anthony
2: likes the <laughs> free agency. Anthony yeah. likes the way the Cardinals currently do it. He just loves that.
3: Oh, I can tell. He's fired up about it. Well,
2: he, he does all the time. He's like, get yeah. me more threes and fours. No, I'm always t shirts that say that. On I'm always says, saying get
3: one, me more, two, three, and four.
2: And give me more. Threes and fours on the back. Yeah. You're right, Jamie. I'm always
1: saying, you know what this club needs? More offense, less pitching. If you don't have offense, you don't have anything. That sounds like stuff that I would say, Jamie.
2: Yeah.
1: You're right. I've heard it. Told you this guy's had a bad attitude today, Dan. Wow. Where are you on it?
3: Uh, I'd love to see a Ace. bonafide number one and then fill in the blanks. Right. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm yeah, good with that. Anthony feels
2: differently, and he's on an island, and he's mad at all of us. Right? No, see, I would like I to see
3: Yamamoto. I don't necessarily then, agree with you, though, that, that Sonny Gray is in that number one category. No, I'm not saying but I, what His I'm saying will, is, though. I, I don't know. I think you can get him probably three years, 65, something like that. I'm not
1: explaining this well. It's a I'm, lot. What I'm saying is an ace like Yamamoto, Nola, Snell, and then Backfill, or Sonny Gray, Kenta Maeda, whoever. Giolito. Giolito. But you're getting three guys. None of them are aces. I think some of that would be
3: bounce back guys too, right? So you probably can get guys that were bona fide starters two, three years ago. Like Frankie Montas is right. another one that comes to mind. Severino. Maedo, Severino, all these guys. I'd be shocked if we don't see one of those guys with the Cardinals this year and try to bounce back. Give them a baseline of eight to ten million, whatever it is. I don't know. Whoever yeah. they decide to bring in and let some of these guys have bounce backs. You and I were talking about that before months ago. That is one of the directions. Now, I'm not going to do three of them, Mm -hmm. but I'll do one to backfill my rotation for sure because you might get lightning in a bottle with that. Now, you got to hedge your bets. Don't get me wrong. They didn't hedge the bets this year, but
1: it's something I'd look at for sure. Let's hear from Darren, who left this mic drop as well.
0: If I was Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt and I heard this junk out of Moe's mouth, I'd personally be calling up and asking what's going on. And then I would tell them, look, you either get some guys in here that's going to help, or I'm going to sit the whole season until you trade me. So either you do one thing or the other, but I will sit until you trade me, and I won't play at all. Just to force your hand. Then you're not going to get much for me at
3: all. Also, that player's not going to get paid. That's yeah, tough. It's something to think about. Yeah. You know. He's got like enough to get money, paid. Dan. I don't care. He doesn't still need wants...
2: that $35 million this year.
3: <laughs> <laughs> those checks at the first of the 15th look pretty big, uh, don't they?
2: They take away some of the pain. That's for I, sure. I
3: would be shocked, though, if they haven't spoken to those guys, if they're in the plans for next year. Mm-hmm. Because, and Jamie, you know this, guys share agents, and they. it's a different world where they become friends away from you know being the Cub and Cardinal guys going head-to-head. These guys share friends, you know, they know each other, they share knowledge, you know, those things happen, so you back-channel it a little bit, and, you know, that that wouldn't surprise me at all if Nolan Arenado or Goldie or some of the veterans talk to Mo and say, hey, I talked to player X, wants to come here, might want to try to figure this thing oh, that's,
2: out. Yeah, that's, that happens all the time. All the time. That's why people are so pissed off at the Cardinals regarding Max Scherzer, because he literally told Ueno. Literally told him, I'll come there. I'll take less money. Mm-hmm. And the Cardinals said, "Yeah, we're good. We don't need no,
3: you. Fine. I saw a thing the other day where Max Scherzer has the highest war of any member of the Washington Nationals ever. Wow. I could be wrong about that, but I think I'm right. That would have been a pretty
1: good signing. I would say so. That's yeah. Dan McLaughlin, Jamie R- Stalzer. Speaking of Jamie, he's going to tell you why or why not. The matchup tonight against the Jets suits the Blues well. That's next on 101
5: ESPN. That's my
0: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
1: Jamie Rivers is with us for another hour and a half before... He goes to do some TV for Valley Sports Midwest with Dan McLaughlin filling in as well. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's a fast lane. And tonight, Blues-Jets pregame starting at 6 o'clock. Blues looking to win their third straight game from a matchup standpoint. You know what that means, right? It's called a winning streak.
2: Mm. Yes.
1: You won a game yesterday. Mm. You won a game the night before. Mm. If you win tonight, it's called a winning streak. It has happened before.
2: Last year, the start of the season. Yeah. It happened.
3: Mm -hmm. What do you think about tonight? Good matchup for them?
2: I like it. You know, these two teams are very similar in the way that they're constructed. They're also one point apart in the standings right now. And last game in Winnipeg, the Blues fell short, but they didn't play their best game. Not by any means. And so when I look at the matchup tonight, you've got a Winnipeg team that has kind of been the same way. They've been that 500-ish team But the Blues over the last couple of games have really showed some signs of, you know, developing their game. They're coming out of it a little bit. The game cohesion, isn't it? Yeah. Well, and just the way they're playing, uh, with their team speed, and that doesn't mean skating. It's just getting on the forecheck, moving the puck to guys who are open, battling to get open, so you're available. All that stuff has really kind of, you know, come to the top of the heap right now. The New Jersey. Devils game was a great building block for the Blues because that's a really good, fast, talented young team over there. And they, you know, they're going to be in contention for their division. They're a playoff team for sure. And then the Montreal Canadiens, I don't know if they're a playoff team yet. It's going to be close, but they have a ton of really good, young, talented players that skate awfully fast too. And the Blues were able to take it to them. So, really, I'm optimistic tonight against the Winnipeg Jets team. I think that if the Blues play, the same way as they played against New Jersey and Montreal, they'll they'll generate way more opportunities to the net against Winnipeg, which was what they didn't de- they didn't develop the last time against the Jets. Mm-hmm. They didn't get enough pucks to the net. They didn't have enough bodies to the front of the net. The last two games that's been different. So that's why I feel like tonight's a good matchup for them.
1: Jamie, when you look at the blue, this current Blues team, and let's let's throw in obviously the, the last two games too. So we're we're not going to minimize what we saw in the first eight games, but we're also not going to just say ah, the last two games were a fluke. So everything that we have seen thus far in these ten games for the Blues, what are the teams that are going to give them trouble, and what are the teams from like a from from a stylistic standpoint? Yeah, and what are the teams that the Blues are going to give the opponent trouble?
2: Well, here's the thing: is there's only a select few teams. If we're taking the Western Conference alone right now, okay, because we could go through the whole league and be here till tomorrow, but if we look at the Western Conference and then if we dial it back to just their division, the only two teams that I feel are problematic for the Blues in their division Mm -hmm. are Colorado and and Dallas. And the reason is that both teams are very skilled, very fast, and they've got size, and they've got good defense and goaltending. So th- that's problematic for any team mm-hmm. in the league for that matter but when you're looking at from the blue standpoint within the division, all the other teams that they have are are beatable like they're 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 games where you should be focusing on the fact that you should be winning Winnipeg is right there with them you know so it, tonight is an important game and if you expand it to the Western Conference, you know the the Pacific division oddly enough has turned into a real competitive division because for the last couple of years it's been like two teams and then the rest or the number one team and then nobody else because there's been some rebuilds going on all that stuff you get the vegas golden knights have only lost one game so far this year the vancouver canucks look like i, I don't even understand what happened over there <laughs> they have literally the same roster as they had last year except now rick Tocket has had a half a season a full offseason and a training camp to get these guys going
1: you always liked him
2: uh, he's an amazing coach and blues fans if you think rick Tocket's a great coach you should love craig berube too because they coach almost identically and they're best friends and they talk and they exchange information all the time about coaching and players and all this stuff mm-hmm. so if you're excited about vancouver you should still be excited about your own head coach here as well but the la kings are a contender the anaheim ducks well they've won six in a row now who the hell saw that coming
3: Damn. Yeah, yeah, well,
2: Dan did call it. That's Just right. like
3: the San Jose start. Yeah, I had that peg, too.
2: Yeah, <laughs> poor Anthony. But oh, I, overall... I love the Sharks. Come on. A big Sharks fan. I, I always love. have been.
1: I love Sharks. Just not the San you Jose that, variety. You have that Olin
3: Nolan signed jersey in the he back. He
2: does. He does, Dan. you got a good memory. Thank you. You do.
3: I don't Eve. like the one that he scored on Roman Turek, though.
2: Oh uh, Yeah, that one. Or did the one where Bergy threw it in the net? Probably,
3: uh, those come to mind.
2: Yeah. That was a chip-in by Owen Nolan and he grabbed team. the puck
3: and threw it in the net. Hey, I got something, by the way. Yeah. Uh, shots on goal. So they were outshot in the first five games by a wide margin. Now yes. you're seeing 35 in the last, what, two out of three or three out of four, whatever it is. Yep. Why?
2: Well, I think there's a lot more attention to putting pucks to the net. I think Craig Berube and the coaching staff uh, literally told these guys, like, you can't well, – nobody's scoring right now. So how the hell can you pass up? Opportunities to shoot the puck if nobody's scoring, and that was the case. I mean, Braden Shen hadn't scored. Jordan Cairo was snake bitten. Like so many guys were just not. Kevin Hayes had zero goals at the time, and over the last two games, what's really changed is the number of attempts.
3: They're just firing it.
2: Yeah. So the first you know stretch of games was like average of forty-seven attempts on net, and in the last two games, it's somewhere in the upper sixties for attempts on net, and that's generated into more actual shots on goal. And obviously, we've seen that it's generated into more goals. So, yes, they're going; they're working hand-in-hand hand right now.
3: Uh, honest question. How well do you know Red Berenson? It uh, was 55 years ago that he scored the six. six. goals. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I know Red pretty well from doing a lot of the alumni stuff. That's and what I was wondering, yeah. He comes in from time to time to do some of the fantasy camps. Such a nice man. He's a stoic dude. Yeah. Like, he reminds me, he's like, if you cast somebody to play Red Berenson in a movie... It'd be Clint Eastwood. I just was gonna say Clint Eastwood. <laughs> it would be I Clint just Eastwood. was gonna say that. You know, he's got that that face where it looks like if you rubbed it, that like you're, you're gonna bleed. It's like that leathery face. Hadn't really <laughs> aged all that no, much. Yeah. you know. But just like you don't want to cross him. No. And he's just, but he's soft-spoken at the same time. So when he speaks,
3: you're listening. Yeah. There's a point to it. Yep. Yeah.
2: So yeah, Red is a, a fantastic individual. Uh, that's one of the things I love about you know, being here in St. Louis and being able to do so many different alumni events is I've got to talk to and shake hands with guys that were here on the very first St. Louis Blues team ever. Mm-hmm. And then every era since then, there's relationships, there's friendships. Like, you know, Alex Steen's a really good friend of mine. He's obviously of the more modern era that just happened. Now, obviously, Barrett Jackman. and you, But you work your way back and you're like, it just guys that I'm buddies with from every friggin' era, all the way back to like Red Baronson. Yeah.
3: So those guys awesome. come around all the time. Yeah. And now I, I think it's gonna be interesting, like in twenty, twenty-five years, the the second generation of these kids that hang around, because they all made it to the NHL. Not all, but you know what I'm saying. A great majority of them made it to the NHL, and yet all these guys coaching their kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's gonna be interesting to see what wild. what the city is perceived in the NHL or how it's perceived. To be truly a great hockey town in North America now I think I don't know what Canadians think of it I I think they think well it's you know town in the middle of the the country and they've had a little success here and there they they won the Stanley Cup but now when you see all these kids coming out of here that is awesome it's awesome
2: I get so many uh, former teammates and guys that I played with who are scouting whether it's the junior collegiate or pro level and the very first thing they say when they see me is, "Who's the next kid? Yeah, hmm. who's the next one out of St. Louis? Who should we be looking at right now? That's what, awesome. What twelve-year-old or thirteen-year-old is there that you think is the next guy? And what to Dan's point, what's amazing is you know you've got Andy McDonald who coaches his son's part of things. I didn't out know here. Andy
3: was doing that yeah. too.
2: Alex Brooks, not a Blues alumni, but a New Jersey Devils alumni. Yeah. he works with the Blackhawks yeah. now, but his son um, is headed off to the USHL and. Then you work your way down with Barrett Jackman, Jamal Mayers, Neil Komodowski. Like you've just had this Joey Vitali, that whole group. Steve Ott's little guy is playing hockey. So it's amazing to see like the number of these young players that have, you know, uh, lifelines to NHL players.
3: Yeah, the That's competition awesome. will make you better, but the coaching is just remarkable. Coaching is these... second to none. Yeah. I will say
2: that I will put up the coaching here in St. Louis against any youth hockey market. In, in the world
3: what's the competition like amongst these kids i mean are, is st louis looked at like upper echelon right now
2: you know there's it depends on the birth year obviously but a lot of the kids are uh a lot of the st louis kids like when you go to a showcase or a big tournament or things like that when you see the st louis triple a blues or st louis car shield triple a team teams take it seriously they know like this is a real program and then especially when you go down you look through the coaching staff you look over and you see jamal mayors matt lashoff Tim Peel on the bench for one team you get Steve Ott and Jordan Fox and another guy like you're gonna go okay these are good players but the coaching staffs are unreal or you still have Jeff Brown yeah. that jumps on behind the bench from time to time Like it's wild man Yeah.
1: Dan McLaughlin, Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter speaking of Dan his favorite quarterback played last night and are the Chargers awesome. back that's next on 101
0: ESPN We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast presented by Dom's Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN
4: I feel like I'm a different player. I feel like I I'm in the best position I've ever felt mentally. Um, my understanding of the game. I feel I feel ready to get be out there and be competing, and so that's what's so frustrating and just just not getting things done. You know, it's frustrating, and it starts with me finding a way.
1: That's Zach Wilson. Do you think he's a different quarterback now, Dan? Uh, I think he's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's terrible. How do you really? Th- How do you really feel?
3: Well, he frustrated me in many ways last night. Mm. You know, I mean, uh, the Jets and trying to stay close. Again, Anthony, for my friends, I gave them advice on maybe what to do with a few shekels. You know,
1: for your friends, did you feel like you had lost it for your friends? I did. I felt like like I lost it
3: just for them. And when the punt return happened, I thought, there's no way they're coming back in this game because they have no offense.
1: Yeah.
2: What makes you think that?
1: Zach Wilson. (laughs) I mean pretty simple. They have two they have two studs too in Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. Yeah. So
2: so last night there was one play that defines the whole evening for me. As I watched Zach Wilson drop back in the pocket, made a good read. The pocket kind of opened up. He started running forward with it. He had
3: Then he flipped it.
2: (laughs) Dan, Dan, don't 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 Ah! don't say the punchline before I get there. I'm sorry.
3: It was upsetting.
2: He had I kid you not. Like 25 yards of open field in one direction, which I know that will close down quickly. It's the NFL. But he definitely had enough for the first down.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: He tucked that thing and ran and then shovel passed it to a guy who was covered. Yeah.
3: And yeah. it was right in front of him. Yeah.
2: And, it wasn't like he couldn't see it. scared it the crap side. out of the guy, too. He was yeah. like, <laughs> He's
3: like, what are you doing?
2: And then <laughs> he gets nailed. And Zach How do you Wilson, not? Like, at that point, fake the shovel pass. So that that guy commits to him, and then keep going for the first down yardage.
1: Yeah, that'd have to take some
3: awareness. How do you keep him? I mean, you, you had the trade deadline; you could have gone out and got somebody
1: for a seventh or a sixth round pick, somebody, anybody. Well, it's not like teams are picking up quarterbacks on the on a whim and leading them to seventy five yard game winning drives or anything like that. Yeah, you know? I mean, I mean there is nobody available in that from Vikings. that standpoint, right,
4: Marshy? Vikings felt the same way. <laughs> yeah, Anthony. Yeah. I got all my all my jokes out yesterday. Okay. All
1: right. I was so. I was testing you there. I appreciate you. Yeah. You know, not taking it into day two. I appreciate you. Yeah, you know. Um
4: just like Josh Dobbs, it was like his second day on the job. You son of a... By the
1: way, Jamie won. What? Jamie won. What did I win? Ish. You weren't the last guy oh, in the yeah, Pick'em Challenge that. this week. So we won again. We beat the Rizzuto Show. We're now up 6-2. to it's getting, two. it's
2: getting easy. It's
1: getting oh. easy. Oh, We're up 6-2. So what it. happens if you win? <clears throat> if we win, yeah, they're sponsored by our show for a full month. So every single time Riz comes back or says the Rizzuto Show, he has to utter, which is sponsored by the Fastlane. So brought to you by brought the Fastlane. Brought to you by the Fastlane, yeah. 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 And the other uh, big prize this this year for us, if we win, is they have to do uh, a sexy photo shoot. Really,
3: they have to do a sexy photo shoot. They're going to borrow Jamie's uh, we, swimwear. We, we, get, get, to to, we get
1: to pick the outfits. Could be your swimwear.
2: Yes, Maybe the whole line <laughs> of it. <laughs> and then Jamie. we
1: used. We get to use. Game yeah, used. <laughs> Gently used. We get to use the. Uh, speaking of which, the the photos.
2: Exactly.
1: We get to use the photos from said sexy shoot uh, for, I don't know, a year or something like that.
2: Yeah, and Tommy uh, go on beyond had, that. Tommy Mattered has informed us that there's actually a billboard that's available yeah. in that time frame.
1: No.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So.
2: Oh, that'd be beautiful. Should be
4: good. Would it be a picture of them sponsoring like our show, like you would say the Fast Lane, but it's a picture of them? That'd be nice. Hmm. Yeah. Well,
2: no, we'll that'd we'll, be misleading though a little bit. Let's not
1: let's not get ahead of ourselves, okay? <laughs> let's let's get <laughs> like mean? a nice don't, eight don't eight go order in the rings yet. Let's yeah. not order the rings. Let's it's get not a nice like we're 8 lead. to three. Or
2: yeah. Oh wow. Okay, Marsh. That is true, and Anthony is part of this team, so that no. does scare me. Uh, just a fact.
1: Yeah. No, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, just associated with him. Hey, do you guys think the Chargers are back? Because I don't. No. <laughs> okay. No. I just think the Jets are that bad. <laughs> I think the Jets are that bad. Yeah. I don't think. I didn't think the Chargers offense, and granted they're playing a stout Jets defense, but I didn't think the Chargers offensively look great last night. I love watching Sels. outside of, Outside of Keenan Allen. Give me that South on a corner. Sauce Gardner. Yeah, yeah he's, he's awesome. pretty good. Reed Reed is excellent on the other side. You can't yeah. – again, they're they're facing a stout defense. But uh, the Chargers offense have not, has not looked crisp for a while now. The hand injury to Herbert, I think, is, is a problem. They were missing Joshua Palmer last night and will miss him for the next four games. Unbelievable catch by Keenan Allen, though. Did you guys see that? Oh, yeah. The one-handed grab where Had he's flatline. That was awesome. Uh, but other than that, man, Austin Eckler stuffed again in the run. They're very one-dimensional. You think so. they're wasting Herbert? Oh, yes, yeah I do. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Get
2: rid of that coach. My God. Who owns that team? How dumb can you be? You look at this team, and you Spanos, have a pretty talented group. You yeah. You got a talented group, and you have one of the most talented young quarterbacks in the NFL. And you're letting this guy run this team.
1: Mm-hmm. Into the ground. What an idiot. You got to finish your <laughs> statement sometimes huh they run it he's running it yeah into the ground the team yeah anyways
2: what the hell did i say
1: you just said he's running it
2: and i paused for dramatic effect and then you decided that you'd just jump in i thought you're done I, thought I wasn't
1: i wanted to assist you trust
2: me anthony you'll know when i'm done
1: i wanted to assist you jamie i'd agree with jamie you're gonna uh, know You well right. know. hey dividing up the money for three sunny gray types is that better than one ace we got a mic drop on this topic next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast
0: Lane Podcast, presented by Dom's Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
4: Big problem here if you don't divvy out the balance here. And trust me, guys, I would love to get an ace. But an ace doesn't put you over the top when you're at the bottom, guys. So I think we need to spread it out a little bit. I know it's it's a bad Cardinals. You know, oh, here we go again. They're You know, they went the the safe route. But if you could get three Sonny Grays, look, it'd make me a lot more excited to go to the ballpark rather than just, oh, well, Aaron Nola's on the bump or Blake Snell's on the bump. Let's go then. No, I'd rather have a little divvy out and see what we can do. Like how the Rangers kind of did it this year and, you know, it worked out okay for them. So that was Jake
1: responding to the question that I posed to you guys, and I like I love that Jake chimed in here because Jake had a different take than what uh, what than what we did. And if you want to respond to this too, leave us a mic
2: drop. Why? Ah, because the Cardinals have. You know they've they've beaten him up so much emotionally that he's willing to buy into what they've done traditionally, and I feel bad for Jake. Jake's it, trying to build a team. I no, Jake's Jake is afraid of the change. He's
3: fiscally responsible.
2: Yeah, no, he's afraid of change. Just like the Cardinals, the, the Cardinals are afraid of change. They don't want to do anything different than what they've done before, and I feel bad for Jake. That's been you know pounded in there, and we're gonna we'll work together. Jake, call me. I'll, we'll work together on this.
1: First of all, Jake's doing just fine. Okay, he's got a very good insurance what? company that's mm-hmm. popular. He's doing good. Now, you, Jamie, what? He's spending the same amount of money. He's Are just spreading. He's just spreading it out a little bit. He's you don't believe this crap. Yes, you don't believe I do. The crap you're right now. <laughs> he's you try, try, don't. Jake's trying to build. It. No. Jake's trying to build a starting rotation.
2: He's yeah, not just I trying mean, to ish.
1: trying to get one pitcher. So first
2: of all, let's take Jake's name out of it. This is not Jake's fault. This is on somebody else. It Starts with a J.
4: Okay. J. Anthony Stalter? No.
2: No. John Moselock, guys. From
3: Jamie's Vacation Speedo. Yeah. Yes, preach Jamie. (laughs)
2: Hmm. Thank you. They get it. (laughs) No, I'm tired of this, like, oh, we'll just, you know, kind of sort of glue it together type thing. Anthony, for two years, maybe more now, but two years that I've been keeping track of, you have been absolutely against this whole model. You wanted the sledgehammer on the housefly. That's all you talk about. Give me that big hammer is what I heard you say it several times.
1: Over and over and, and over And you again. just want
2: to smash it over and over again. Okay? Yeah. Now you're doing this. Now you're okay with the tack hammer and 50 nails. What are we doing?
1: No, but I was honoring Jake in his mind it's, drop.
2: It's not about Jake anymore.
1: It is. It's we got not. a text from Jake. Jake's got feelings.
2: I, J- I love Jake.
4: Jake texted in from 314, Jake. I don't want to go to the ballpark every fifth day looking forward to one pitcher. If we don't have a rotation, we'll never get out of where we are.
2: Well, you can go to the ballpark every day then with some mid guy and lose every time. Wow. Look at this year. How did that work this year?
1: I do How want... How many
2: times you go to the ballpark this year, watch a number 4 or a number 7 on another team on the bump for your club? A lot,
4: probably. Yeah. I mean, toward the end, almost every day. You want that again? I don't. Well, I think that's what he's saying, though. He's saying every fifth day, yeah, we'll have an ace, but let's just say the Cardinals aren't going to spend the amount of money that we think they should, and let's just say they go out and get Aaron Nola, right, and they end up not getting other guys that are going to help this rotation, then, yeah, you're looking forward to one guy every every five days. Mm. You don't yeah. technically get any better if you're only – you right. know one guy can't make you a, a division winner or a World Series winner. Or a rotation.
3: What about signing an ace but then being aggressive in the free agent market with – doesn't even need to be mid-tier and then trading for mid to ace type so you're getting a one two and a three which i could see them going in that direction but i do think they're going to get an ace now who that ace would be if it is nola yamamoto i i don't know but i do see them though getting three and your third could be the bounce back or it could be a trade number two could be a trade too there a lot of there's a lot of money they can shed Dad, off this thing. Who
2: are you trading to get these players? Because who the hell wants your spare parts right now?
3: Well, I think you can trim pay, uh, payroll.
2: Okay, but who are you trading to get like anything of significance?
3: Oh, there's a bunch of guys you could. Like no, who? I'm not saying that they will. I think like, there's. I know a, you
2: got Arnado. You got all these guys, but like, realistically,
3: Nolan Gorman would be a huge trade chip.
2: You spend your whole. You spend a decade as an organization trying to draft and develop a player which you did a left-handed bat with pop and now you're going to trade it away i if personally worried wouldn't Rosa reina nipping you in the butt before like what about this well you got to be i
3: mean you got to make tough decisions man you're in that hot seat i know you know sometimes you do sometimes you don't but that's why they pay him those kind of bucks to to sit there and say hey we, we believe in you one way or another May be tough to make these trades, and it may not work out down the road. But that's your job. I mean, whether you've been burned or not, you, that's something you got to think about. And
4: we got a text from the six one eight. Give me Gray, Rodriguez, and Stroman on shorter deals with a bullpen as opposed to Snell or Nola. I'm in. Well, I'm no in on kidding. that. Are
2: you kidding? <laughs> those are 3. No, no- let them let them talk. <laughs> I'm in on that. That's not at all what we're talking about. Sure it is. No it isn't. Those but guys aren't
4: technically
2: Those aces. guys right there will cost you way more than the 50 million that you have available. But you're getting 3 guys. You got to
1: stretch the budget.
2: God, Anthony. You got to stretch not the it. Same. No. A yes to that deal, of course. But that's not what we're describing here. We're describing like I don't know. Give me a give me a mid pitcher. Hurry. Right. Go, no, not Sonny Gray. Someone worse than him. Give me someone worse than him.
3: What would you consider Gray? Then I
2: don't know. Just I'm on a roll here, Dan.
3: All right. Uh, Go right uh, ahead. So
2: Lucas Giolito. Yeah. Okay. Be like getting Giolito backfill that with like a Drew VerHagen and something else. No! That's what the Cardinals are going to do.
1: If they do that, that's what they're going to do. Then I mean, don't even play next year.
2: Okay. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but that was cancel the, th- the season now. That wasn't that wasn't the thing.
1: You know. That wasn't what we were trying to say. I
2: Spread think you're out the money. Disgusted.
3: you'd be protected with Zach Thompson. So that would be let's say that's five A, okay? You go out and get an ace. There's your number one. Number two could be someone a little under Sonny Gray. I'm not because Sonny Gray's a stud in, in my mind. I think he's a really good pitcher. And then your third is a bounce back guy or somebody that you look at via trade that is similar to In terms of some of the salary that you wipe away, and can get yourself a pretty good pitcher. That's something that's one of the roads you can go down. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's legitimate.
2: If you're going down that road, I just assume go get who'd you say? You said um, Zach Thompson on the back end of it, and who'd you say? He'd be like
3: five A. He's he's one of the guys. Did you say
2: Nola or did you say Gray?
3: Uh, I'd probably go Nola.
2: Nola, good. Then then after you're done with that, go sign Trevor Bauer, and there's your guy. There's your guy. He either works or it doesn't.
3: There's a lot of people that want to see that happen.
2: I'm just it, it either works or it doesn't. You pay a small amount of money for a flyer on a guy that has every motivation. No, he'd to... be
3: a number one on almost every team.
2: So there you go. Now you get Nola who is a number one, and then you find another one that you're paying you're paying number five money for that could be another number one. But I don't think the Cardinals do that.
1: Yeah, we'll find out. 311, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers and Dan McLaughlin. I'm Anthony Stalter. Has the increased shot volume led to more success for the Blues? We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN.
0: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dom's Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
4: the draw Montreal going to rush the pocket out of the zone as they jumped into the space Blues is, will get it back
1: in Thomas to the middle on his forehand Score! Robert Thomas goals in three straight games and the Blues have taken a two-to-one lead that was Chris Kerber from the weekend Robert Thomas scoring the goal the Blues winning back-to-back games and now the host the Winnipeg Jets. We'll have the pregame for you starting at six o'clock, and we'll also have, of course, the play-by-play coverage at about seven with Jamie Rivers and Dan McLaughlin and Anthony Salter. Jamie, I know Dan had asked you this before, but it's something that's kind of worth expounding on because of what the Blues weren't doing before those those back-to-back wins last weekend. Do you think the shot volume has has set up the Blues to have more uh, opportunities to score, or is it or is it a bigger picture?
2: Well. Or is there a bigger picture? Well, all of it's kind of connected together. And when you're not getting a lot of shot volume, sometimes it's because you're not playing with a lot of confidence. Sometimes it's because you're unable to possess the puck enough or long enough to get quality or any opportunities to shoot the puck. And it's amazing how the two go hand in hand. And, And the last couple of games for the Blues, they've been playing much better game. Um, like on their toes, pushing forward up the ice. They've been generating more shot attempts to the net, more bodies to the front of the net. They've been retrieving pucks, too, like off of rebounds or missed opportunities. They're retrieving those secondary pucks or third pucks and, and possessing the puck again and getting more shots on net. So the confidence of the Blues rising, is it a direct reflection of more shot volume or is the shot volume more reflective of their confidence? I think they both go hand in hand.
3: Don't you think, too, that guys aren't so worried with the new system, and now they're defensively, I mean, and and you see more of just a a flow to their game, which means puck possession, coming out of your own zone, not losing the puck, things like that. Are you seeing that, too?
2: Yeah, I think there was a lot that was made of this new defensive system. Too much? I think too much because, realistically, I look at the NHL, and there's like 17 teams that I know off the top of my head that run the exact same thing in their end. And one of them is the Vegas Golden Knights. They seem to be scoring, so it's it's a matter of I think the Blues were maybe overcorrecting as so a group,
3: thinking too much instead of just reacting.
2: Yeah, just you know, you're thinking, well, we got to get back, tick the middle of the ice, got to get back, got to back play defensive, defensive. And I think Craig Berube and the staff kind of anticipated this in in a little in in some way because their patience level with the group never never wavered. Whereas usually you think a team that's not scoring, that's not generating, like there's some shakeups, there's some meetings, there's some stuff. Now, beginning of the season, and I know it's a usually it's not panic time, but when you're Craig Berube and your team was not good last year, or inconsistent probably a better word to use, last year, then you'd want results quicker. But there wasn't that kind of panic amongst the group. It was kind of like, it's coming, we'll get there. And they just kept reinforcing the defensive structure. And I think what's happened here is the players have – gotten very comfortable with the defensive structure and now have realized that it shouldn't impede them offensively in fact it should create more turnovers and therefore lead to more time with the puck then hopefully creating more opportunities to shoot the puck on the other on the net
3: how about Bennington so far I think he's been great at times
2: <clears throat> no he's been great all year yeah he's been fantastic and he not one game where I've seen him f- fail like the Vancouver game they scored a bunch of goals but it was 19 shots in the first period. Right. <laughs> you were down by one. That's like a victory. They, I couldn't believe it. I remember at the end of that period going in the intermission, telling John Kelly, uh, this is a victory. You're down by only one goal in this building. You have an opportunity now to come out and get back in the game in the second period. They didn't, mind you, but still. Jordan Bennington has been as advertised this season. He's been great. Uh, his locker room presence is fantastic. Uh, his leadership amongst the group is great. He's very calm this year. You're not seeing that that frustration out of him. I think that every player goes through these, these ups and downs, and especially when you've reached the pinnacle. And Jordan Bennington, his first season with the Blues was the pinnacle. You come in you put up some of the greatest numbers of any goalie of all time in that period of time, and you go on to win the Stanley Cup. After that, everything else is a disappointment. And psychologically, that's difficult for the, the the athlete, but it's also difficult for the fan base because all they remember is this guy was like a 965 save percentage. He's a Stanley Cup champion. He's gonna. No matter what happens, we don't have to worry. They won't score on Binner. Well, when your team isn't equal to the team that you had before, and then you're counting on your goalie to do twice as much work, well, the dam's going to break at some point. And it did. And Jordan Binnington had some struggles, and then the fan base was wondering, well, is this actually a number one goalie? And then the player gets in his own head sometimes, and you become very frustrated. And so I think between the end of last season and the beginning of this season, Jordan Binnington did a lot of work um, on his own game, both physically and psychologically. And I think that this is the most grounded I've seen Jordan Bennington yet.
1: What about the special teams now moving forward?
2: P- penalty penalty kill's, great. kill's been
1: great. Power play.
2: Power play's not great. Um, now, in fairness, they didn't get a power play last game, mm. so it's tough to kind of you know equate how that may have looked. We'll see. It has to be better. One goal all season long is just not good enough. Not good. So, the good thing on that is your penalty kill's been really good. And the penalty the penalty kill's been so aggressive. Uh, through the neutral zone that it has been fantastic for the Blues defensemen to stand up. A lot of teams aren't even getting in and getting set up properly and when they do get in and get set up, it's under duress they're being pressured Uh, so that's a big success right now and Craig Berube has been using like everybody for the penalty kill, which is really awesome and smart to do because a lot of times if you run into some penalty trouble and remember when we had Ryan O'Reilly and these these guys would get absolutely just you know pounded into the ground with ice time like hard minutes mm-hmm. playing on the penalty kill. If you're playing five or six minutes in a game on the penalty kill, that is those are hard minutes because you're you're having to work twice as hard, cover more ice, um, you, your shift length is usually longer because the other team sets up their power play, they zip it around for a minute and ten. Well, that's a minute and ten that you're buzzing around trying to take away passing lanes and shot lanes. So, by spreading it out over multiple players, it takes down some of the workload for some of the guys. So, at the end of the game, when you need to preserve a lead or you need to go get a goal, those guys have a little more a little bit more energy in the tank rather than you know going over to press the gas and there's nothing there
3: right isn't it funny how winning just changes a lot of things? I mean, last week we're talking about when you were on the road. Man, what's going on with the power play? They can't create any shots. They get blown out in Vancouver. And you win a couple of games over the weekend, and you're like, all right, things have settled down a little bit. And that's, I think, also what needed to happen was to get a couple of wins. That's obvious. But when you start diving into it, it just relaxes everybody. Fan base gets relaxed, players start not gripping the stick as much, you know, as hard as they do, and and it just relaxes you. And I, I think that we're seeing a team that's a little bit more relaxed. And what do you do when you relax? You're not thinking as much and you go play. It's more reaction. And I think that's something that we're seeing with the team.
2: Well, you're definitely seeing it, you know, around the group and in the locker room. Like, the vibe being down there this morning is so different than a one week ago. And that's
3: what I mean, yeah.
2: And guys like Jordan Cairo, you know, now he's not snake bitten anymore. Your captain, he's got his first goal of the season. Kevin Hayes has got a couple of goals now. Like, everybody's kind of, like, breathing a little bit easier down at Enterprise. And to your point, you know, about a couple of wins here and there, Dan... They're, They're sit- right in it, They're man. sitting at 11 points. Exactly. And if they win tonight over the Winnipeg Jets, they leapfrogged them into third place. Yep. Which is where Doug Armstrong said he he sees this team finishing would be third place in this division. That puts them 13 points, one point behind Colorado if they win tonight. I mean, it's not as bad as it seems, but I think because people uh, have a, a, a certain amount of PTSD from both the Cardinals season that just ended and Blues season last year, that every time there's a loss or there's something that's not right or it's out of sync or the power play's not going, or this guy's not scoring. Or the Vancouver game. Or the Vancouver game. You're like, you go right to DEFCON 1. And you're like, blah! Like, this is not right. This, oh, this is terrible. Get rid of everybody. Go for a high draft pick. No, Don't <laughs> slow down. Pump the brakes here long season long season and this team's gonna be right in the mix mm-hmm. well
1: hopefully hopefully the jordan Cairo goal too you, you build some momentum for him i mean he scored just the two goals thus far but he had 37 goals last season hopefully that's a turning point for the entire the, the montreal game hopefully that's a turning point for this entire all, offense and you get winnipeg winnipeg is going to give you a, a, a more difficult challenge than, than montreal but It all goes back to that two game back to back games. One against a very good Devils opponent, and then hanging a sixth spot on the Montreal Canadiens. Now you got a little momentum, a little confidence heading into this game tonight against an opponent that you match up very well against. Because again, it's kind of an equal equal opponent.
2: Yeah, and you got to get to your game first tonight against the Winnipeg Jets. You got to get to your game right away, and that's something the Blues have done the last two games. Is from the moment the puck's been dropped. They've been going. They've been getting in on the forecheck, getting time in the offensive zone, creating right away. There's been a certain energy surrounding the team, and this team to win, they're going to have to play that way. Mm-hmm. So the quicker they can get to their game, the better it is for their success.
1: We'll do NFL buy, sell, or hold next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN.
0: We're right back to the Fast Lane podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
1: All right, Marsh just talked about this in the Sports Center update. We're going to do our stock market, NFL buy, sell, or hold. And Marsh usually has a category
4: for us. So what's the category this week, Marsh? We're going with quarterbacks this week. Ooh, signal callers. Absolutely. I'm going to give you guys a layup on this one to start things off. Buy, sell, or hold. CJ Stroud. Yeah, well, I, I think we should... Guys, I think we should buy... I'm going to buy that after what I saw
3: this weekend. Holy
1: smokes, that was unbelievable! What he did against Tampa Bay. You know, the performance, the num—you know, the numbers and all. Because he only had like a hundred and something yards at halftime. Even if
3: he was a veteran, Anthony, I'd go. That was unbelievable.
1: The things—the things that were the most impressive—and you say, "Okay, is this sustainable?" Forget the the stats and even the win for a second. Is what we're seeing sustainable? He had a couple of throws the one on the sideline i think it was to tank dell it was the one on the sideline where you had a safety over top and a corner that was dropping and he dropped it in between was a big boy throw and the game winner of course where he's got to get again up and in between the defenders uh or really actually hold hold the safety of the ones and then and then hit uh tank dell again Incredible like those were NFL type throws. You can do that in any system. I'm sitting there watching that going I'm watching a star being born in the
3: game Yeah, like as he went along in the game with the circumstances that they were and how many seconds were left when they got the ball back was under a minute, wasn't 40. like, he's
1: seven, 47. something like that? I'm I thought it was about, 48. Uh, CJ Stroud,
2: Yeah, yeah. It was 40 seconds, I think. He went for 75 yards in 40 so
3: it, You're sitting there going, this guy's a bona fide star. Yeah. And you have a game like that, who knows what happens from here on out. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying he's going to do that again, but 300 passing yards, a lot? Yeah, it's going to happen a lot. Yeah. He's that
4: good. He's the real deal. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so we're all buying. Let's go with Aiden O'Connell. Buy, sell, or hold. I bought I'll buy that for the rest
1: of the year to see what you have. Jimmy G. Jimmy G. looked cooked in that system. He you looked just terrible. love Antonio Pierce. That's why you did this. Well, you know, I love that Giants team that beat the Patriots <laughs> <laughs> I <do It's> too. <laughs> hey, don't talk about the Patriots. I'm sorry, Josh. Yeah, don't talk about it that. that way. Yeah, yeah. But Aiden O'Connell is going to have a rough one on Sunday night because he faces the Jets. It's going to be matchup matchup dependent. He looked good against the Giants. He's going to look terrible this week against the Jets. That's just how it goes. All right, serious question. Do you think that Josh McDaniels was truly fired with a fortune cookie? No. no. I don't either. Okay. But I do buy that that report that came out from Jake Laser that we talked about yesterday where he told he had Antonio Pierce talk to the team. Oh, yeah, I buy that. Antonio Pierce was talking about, you know, hey, the we didn't – we weren't afraid to play anybody. That 0-7 07, Giants team. We weren't afraid to play anybody. That's how we need to be. And Josh McDaniel says, "Don't you know? Don't talk about the Patriots that way." Right. Get out, dude. You're done. You're trying to build your own culture here. Absolutely. So I will. Uh, I will buy Aiden O'Connell the rest of the year, knowing exactly though what I'm buying. Stock number three, please. Buy, sell, or hold. Justin Herbert. Buying. I always buy with Herbert, but that doesn't. That offense doesn't look great. They're going to lose. I don't know. Maybe they squeak into the playoffs, but they're a one and done. They can't run the football, even with Austin Eckler. Eckler's been doing it out of the backfield from a passing game standpoint, but they can't run the ball. Justin Herbert is a sitting duck at this point. You have to have some semblance of balance, and they don't. The Chargers don't, but I love Justin Herbert.
3: I give him credit for playing through the finger and – Don't look at me like that, Jamie. The injured injured finger. 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 The injured finger that he's dealing with. You know
2: what, Dan? You're right. That can be really tough to play through. You don't think think that's hard when you're a QB? Oh, you're playing through the finger? Absolutely.
4: No boy.
3: Question four, please.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Buy, sell, or
4: hold. Can
2: he pick it? Oh, selling everything. (laughs) Sell it all. Look at
3: Anthony. He can't even answer. Yeah, I'm with Jamie on this. Huh. Yeah, I'm selling too. So.
2: The, with the kids' gloves on. Get him <laughs> out of here. Get those those gap kids winter gloves off of that guy.
4: <laughs> gap kids. <laughs> he does have small hands. I think it's called the baby gap. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, I'm not sure it's all his fault, but oh, he's on. not. I mean he makes one two I throws a game. I think he is game.
2: exactly what he is. Yes. That I agree. year of the quarterback was thin. For the draft that was thin. Kenny Pickett is what he is. I don't think anybody projected him to be more than what he is.
4: Yeah, that's a good point. Buy, sell, or hold. Josh Dobbs. Buy. If he can do that without
1: knowing his teammates, the playbook. I was going to say, not anything the else, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll buy that. Yeah, I would I too. I mean, he, he won the game for him. Bottom line, he won that game for him. He, got, he gets out of that sack Falcons have no team de- uh, team speed defensively. He races around the corner, then leads him, You know, I, it was remarkable what he did. And Kevin O'Connell did a great job too, in making sure that Josh Josh Dobbs knew, hey, this is what we want out of this play. This is what we want out of that play. Talking to him in the in the uh, in his helmet up until the the mics have to get cut. And then his teammates helping him out. To, it was a, it was a, a complete team effort by the Vikings. Oh, Dobbs! I loved. I, I it told you
2: guys yesterday that video that's going around <clears throat> on social media of him rehearsing with the offensive line. He's got them all around, and he's got the center, and he's he's going through his cadence mm-hmm. so that they understand like. His rhythm and when yeah. he's going to he want the ball, and they go through it a couple of times and they discuss it. Then he snaps it again. They discuss it. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, we good. Yeah, that's smooth. They're like, okay. <laughs> all this is this happening is awesome. like what wow, an NFL game is going on. How yeah. many
3: plays you think he knew when he when he first got under center or took a snap Um of the Vikings playbook? Yeah, maybe two. That's unbelievable. If now, it was just <clears throat> two, that's incredible.
1: Well, he probably knew. Plays within the offense,
3: exactly. Yeah, well,
1: he, I guarantee you, he didn't know the terminology. There's no way. So the Vikings will be calling. Uh, you know, they they may have a similar play as the one he just he, he, one of the plays he ran in Arizona, but the terminology is completely different. You told so me that he, he is a rocket scientist.
2: Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah he studied. That's unbelievable. He studied uh, one of those guys uh, that
2: reads a book and memorizes mm, it as he's reading probably. It. So they probably fired the playbook to him. On the plane, he yeah, knew it, and he was twenty-seven pages deep by the time he got there. He's like, "I got the first twenty-seven pages. Right. Just stick with Call those. Call something <laughs> on
3: one of those. That's <laughs> like you, ribs. You're all over that stuff.
2: Oh yeah. When it co- actually, I'm not lying. When it comes to hockey stuff and photographic watching, kind of yeah, thing, I just I can, and I don't have to like write things down. It's just it's lodged in there. Now, if you send me to the grocery store for like a stick of butter and a loaf two of bread. And two,
3: you can't get there.
2: Yeah, no, I'll get there and be like, "Why? Yeah. What? Why where are we? <laughs> Why am I here? Where am I?"
4: <laughs> I guess it does take a rocket scientist to learn an NFL playbook. Yeah. Buy sell or hold Josh Allen. Oh, I buy him. I got to buy him. He's yeah. the, he's the only His stock thing that couldn't
2: get any lower though right he's now. He's the only it's thing perfect. keeping the Bills
1: together. Him and Stefan Diggs. Is this their last go? Yeah. Wow. This is it, and
2: everybody's it? fired after this. Yeah.
1: Their championship window is closing. That team's not good enough. Well, first of all, that team's not good enough to win a championship. Josh Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs are like the perfect deodorant for what, what? stinks in Buffalo right now because that roster's not that great. No. Given the injuries, I'm talking about with the injuries, Josh Allen is masking a lot of crap for the for the Bills. He so is the I only buy.
3: reason that they have a chance to win a game. I mean, Correct. It, he's on. Um, well said, Dan. Well, here's the thing, though ribs Mm. he also is in all the (laughs) post-game interviews he does every you ever notice how up and down he gets in those things yeah he's living and dying he's like emotional too
2: much though like i like my quarterback Mm -hmm. to be in it but i don't want him riding i don't want him riding the ride Yeah. Um, yeah like i need my quarterback to be hey upset you know but like don't worry you're in good hands I'm steady Eddie here Not like I just We work so hard It's just so I just I don't know what to do Caleb Williams show up Then a week later (laughs) What'd you say? Nothing What'd you say?
1: I didn't say anything (laughs) I said did Caleb Williams show up? Oh Mm. yeah Now he's a kid Making a lot of money That's a whole
2: other conversation
1: Might be making just as much as He might be making
2: equal amounts But I'd rather my quarterback just kind of be
1: Even keel
4: yeah. Yeah We got a text from the 314 you guys cut too much slack for Justin Herbert, but look forward to every chance you get to trash Dak Prescott. What the hell is so special about Justin Herbert? He doesn't look like he's evolved from being a rookie. He looks like the same quarterback. He's had excellent receivers around him he's had a run game around him with the exception of this season maybe at some point you need to stop blaming the coaches and blame the player he's an average NFL quarterback nothing more nothing less
1: we're just not we're just gonna have to agree to disagree on this if you're if you're watching Justin Herbert and saying that he's had a running game outside of this year you haven't been watching no I mean no offense has he had has he had good receivers sure what does Dak have and Dak has had, actually, a running game and an unbelievable offensive line outside of the, the, the last two years. C.D. Lamb. He's also had a much better defense, which we, nobody ever wants to talk about. You bring up the wide receivers as if that's the end-all be-all. It's not. Dak has had a better defense you yelling than at Justin the Herbert. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just screaming into okay. the freaking ether at this point. Well, everyone knows to that the, the team runs here. through the wide receivers. Yeah, the heartbeat, the, yeah heartbeat the heartbeat of a team is through the wide receivers. <laughs> I... First what? of all, I've always called Dak Prescott a good quarterback. I don't think he's great. Justin Herbert, the way he processes information on the fly, the way he can get to three, four reads within a play it is very unique. To call him an average quarterback, I'm sorry. I just don't know where this is coming from. It's coming from I, a Cowboys fan. I disagree. I disagree. I think Dak Prescott's a good quarterback. I do. I don't think he's great. I think Justin Herbert has the ability to be great. He's also had horse crap coaching that he has overcome. So that's just my take on it. What happens to Dak when uh, Bill Belichick comes in next year? Then he's going to be a Super Bowl winner. Probably.
3: Next Tom Brady. Kidding. Jamie just looked at me like he's going to hit me.
2: Don't be physical. I'm talking about my guy Tom like that. All All right. Fine.
3: Anthony, take us to break, please.
1: That's
2: Sam McLaughlin.
1: That's Jamie Rivers. Speaking of Jamie, Jamie's keys to victory tonight against Uh the Jets and first goal scored next on 101 ESPN.
0: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Give us your keys
1: to victory tonight as the Blues host the Jets at Enterprise.
2: Well, a couple of things here. Uh, Key number one for me is keep getting pucks and bodies to the net. Last couple of games, it's worked really well for your club. Overall, you've generated way more shot attempts, as well as shots on goal and goals scored. So let's stick with that. Uh, Key number two for this is get the power play going. Get the power play going. You're starting to score some goals now at 5-on-5. Five five. you get got a couple of shorthanded goals throughout the season, too, already. You only have one power play goal. So as a team, you've got two shorthanded goals and one power play goal. Shouldn't be that way. So tonight, if you get a power play, uh, make it count because these are the games here against division rivals and teams that are right in the same Area is you as far as where their team is at, you got to bury them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes five on five can be an even draw. Special teams make the difference, so the power play's got to get going, score a goal. Key number three for me is penalty kill. Keep up the great job. I mean, these guys are are working really hard. Uh, they're, they're they're closing out plays really well in the neutral zone, standing up well at the blue line, clearing the puck 200 feet every single time. Quick shifts, multiple players on the penalty kill, doing one hell of a job. So you got to keep the penalty kill going as well and for me the last one is your defensive zone you have to continue to own your defensive zone out there and keep winnipeg to the outside this is one thing in talking to uh, their media and and some of their coaching staff is they have not done a great job of getting inside so the winnipeg jets have had a little bit of the st louis blues problem of not playing inside craig berube talks about also all the time we gotta get to the inside play on the inside Winnipeg hasn't been able to do that, so you better believe that their coaching staff has got that highlighted, and they're going to be making an effort to get inside tonight. For me, uh, and the Blues, with their defensive scheme, they have to keep them on the outside. So those are my keys to the
1: game. Love it. You know what I'd also love to see? What's that? One of
2: us hit the first goal of the game. Sure would be nice. I'm going to go
1: with the sounder. (laughs)
3: Let's <laughs> go, boy. We need you to
1: score more goals. Get
0: those loose pucks. Thomas, to Cairo. Score!
6: Goal!
1: No big deal. Game winner. Top shelf. All right, mm.
3: Dan, thank you. I jumped the gun on that, no, but I want to go uh, Colton Pareko. Oh, big slap wow. shot. Wow. Colton Pareco from the blue line. He's going to blister one okay. and uh, get that first goal for the St. Louis Blue.
1: Wow. Off the board. I did not see Colton Pareko coming off the board.
4: Yeah, but I am intrigued, Marshy. Who do you got? Ooh, I'm gonna go with Robert the Thomas. Robert Ooh. the oh, Thomas going off
2: the board. Eh? He's only scored three goals in the last three games. Yeah, let's make it four. I like your pick, Jamie. Um, here's where I'm gonna go. Tori Krug. The Krugenager, The the Kruganager. He doesn't have uh, any points this year. No goals. Power play's only got one goal. I think Torrey Krug's going to be looking to load up the shot tonight. He's tired of answering questions about the offensive side of his game. And, boy, you're playing good defensively. But, man, sure would be nice if he scored some points. And I think he's tired of that. Mm. So I think he's going to shoot the puck tonight. It's going to happen in the first period on a power play. Mm.
1: Wow. Okay. I like that. There was uh there's one blues good stuff.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Deb. Go ahead, Anthony. You We're guys done? Oh, yeah. We're yeah, just, just over
3: here. just appreciating him.
2: Yeah.
1: There's gonna be one blues player that's about to go on a goal streak. I'm talking about six, seven games. Ooh. That's Jordan Kyru. Oh
2: wow, it's that's, that's, that's way Jordan off the board. Cairo. Wow. Yeah.
1: I know. I know what you guys are thinking. Ooh. Easy choice.
2: <laughs> that's not what
1: you were thinking, Dan. I know. Oh. All right. Sorry. I
2: <laughs> Anthony Stalter, boy, that guy's a risk taker. He picked <laughs> Kyru. He only had nine shots on goal last game.
3: What, if Jamie picked uh, Kairou, you're going to go Thomas?
1: <laughs> no, because Marsh already he took Thomas. Oh, that's right. Robert the Thomas. I've already heard you guys not take Jordan Kairou. He's disrespected by three, you three. Who is? And I've decided... No. No. To no, pick him no, up. no, and then you guys are critical of me for taking Jordan the Cairo. I think it's a good choice,
2: Anthony. I think it's an obvious no, that, choice. I, I
1: added that he's going to have se- he's going to have a, a goal streak of seven. Seven's the number. I
2: thought you said six. Did I? I is it I seven goals one. in six games? Seven goals
1: in six games. I'll he's going to have. I'll take it. I like it.
2: I like where your head's at, Anthony. Don't
1: patronize me now. You're not doing that.
2: You did a fantastic job with that. You're doing really well.
1: I could have went with Booch, but Booch is not going to score six out of seven. Kairu's the guy.
2: Booch won't be happy to hear that.
1: What about braiding the shin? No.
2: He could go on a tear. Could. He could. Get hot right now.
1: Mm Yep. He's got a lot of uh, stuff on his plate with the captain. see. So... No, it's Jordan Kyra, Marsh. You've got a special announcement for everyone. I want you to announce this because it was your idea. Oh, and uh, got married. well, <laughs> what? congratulations, man! Well, it's a beautiful we thing. Haven't
2: met her yet, but she seems like a great person. <laughs> will you?
1: Will you have her meet us before you decide to are wed? We,
2: yeah, I like are need we need to warn her? Are we the like uh, what? What are we? What would you call us? uh, Men of Honor. Three
3: best buddies at Marsha could ever have. If we
2: don't (laughs) approve, then it can't go on. Yeah. But if Mm, we do approve, yeah, we're like the relationship committee. Yeah. Mm. We're perfect for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
4: (laughs) Trust me. You make a great point. I do. Uh, I feel like she already knows who you guys are. Hmm. Hmm. Oh. Things are going great at home.
2: Hey, no. No, I've never met her.
4: We'll see. Really? Jamie. What? I haven't... What's your announcement, Marsh? Yeah, the announcement has nothing to do with <laughs> What's wrong that. with you? Uh, not even close. We are diving into the gauntlet playoffs. So all of the Ooh. winners from this year, and we have Tim, who will be our first contestant today, they will compete in the gauntlet playoffs to see who will be the ultimate gauntlet champion of 2023.
1: So we have 10 winners. Mm-hmm. That have won Gauntlet trophies in 2023. Yes. So if they won previous to this year. Does not count. It does not count. We gauntlet wel- 2.0. We are welcoming back all of the Gauntlet 2.0 winners. hmm And we'll play a playoff. Now so- if they win, so if Tim wins
4: today. Yep. He goes on the shelf for a second. He goes on the shelf. So it's survive in advance. We have some rules here. So the contestants have a choice. Of either choosing the topic or they can choose one of us but once they do that they have to stick with it throughout the entirety of their playoff run Wow so they could choose one of us mm-hmm. or the category or the category does it start today it starts today with Tim
3: it should be said that I am just a fill-in and okay. ribs is not going to be here at four so it's got to be either Anthony or marshy
1: mm-hmm. <sighs> Well, Tim's got a choice to make. We'll find out what he chooses next in the gauntlet on 101 ESPN.
0: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet?
5: Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com.
1: all right you heard marsh in the previous segment or if you didn't we have the gauntlet playoffs we are welcoming back every gauntlet trophy winner from 2023 so this would be the gauntlet 2.0 version of the winners there are 10 in total and we are going to have the gauntlet playoff for this year so we welcome in tim who's our first contestant today what's up tim not much man how are you doing good so tim Update us here on uh, Remind us who who did you who did you beat last to claim your trophy? Do you remember?
6: I beat Marsh last.
1: Beat Mm. Marsh last. Okay. All right, and what was the category? Random. All Mm. right, interesting. Okay, so Tim, this is how it's gonna work You have an opportunity to choose either Marsh or me or You can choose the category and the wheel Chooses your opponent. So would you like to choose your opponent or your category?
6: I think I'm gonna go with random the whole way through
1: Okay, so you're gonna go with random. Okay. What Marsh is there
4: a rule on that? Yeah, so the rule is you can only if you choose To pick a category then you Mm -hmm. cannot choose that category again for the next two rounds.
6: Oh I see.
4: Yeah, does it does that change for you?
6: So if I choose a person I get a random wheel, and then I just have to play a different person next
1: time. Exactly. Yes. So what would you like to do?
6: Oh, I think
4: uh,
1: let's go with Marsh today. Okay, so you're going to let the wheel choose the category. Marsh is the opponent. So the last person you beat was Marsh, and you're going to try to advance to the next round by taking on Marsh. Sounds good to me. So before Marsh goes into the cone of silence, go ahead and tell Marsh to spin that wheel. Marsh,
6: spin that wheel.
1: And then Marsh, if you don't mind, can you hand us the uh launch codes? Perfect, thank you. Dan McLaughlin here as well. Yeah, Tim. how you doing, Tim? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing fine, thank you. Is there a category that you were hoping for besides random, Tim?
6: uh you know, whatever the wheel decides, I'm, I'm sure I'll do
1: just fine. Okay. The, oh wow, that's good confidence right there. The fate of the wheel. Yeah, that's chosen football. Oh, wow. Right. Football is your category against Andrew Marsh today. How are you feeling, Tim? We'll see. Okay, so here we go. This is our first champion for Gauntlet 2.0. Tim's going to get four football questions today. Marsh is going to get the same four football questions. Each question is worth two points unless Tim or Marsh ask for the options, and then those questions are only worth one point. Tim, are you ready? Yep. Question number one what is the name of the trophy awarded to the winner of the nfc championship game what is the name of the trophy awarded to the winner of the nfc championship game options the lamar hunt trophy the george hallis trophy or the deacon jones trophy
4: um let's
6: going with the Lamar Hunt Trophy.
3: Final answer. Question two. Who is the only player to have on the regular season MVP? Who is the only player to have won the NFL regular season MVP five times? Who has won the regular season MVP five times?
6: Uh... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the option.
3: Peyton Manning, Johnny Unitas, Aaron Rodgers.
6: Peyton Manning, final answer.
1: All right, Tim, question number three. In the 2019-20 college football season, LSU defeated which team to win the national championship? So which team did LSU defeat in the national title game in 2019, 2020, or that season?
6: Boy, I should know. Um, LSU, would they have played another SEC team? Um, options, I guess.
1: Ohio State. Alabama or Clemson my gut was Clemson I don't know
6: I'll go with Clemson final answer
3: question four the Tennessee volunteers play their home games at Neyland Stadium located in which Tennessee city <clears throat> options Nashville Chattanooga Knoxville
6: Knoxville
3: final answer. All right, thank you very much. We're going to bring in Marshy.
1: All right, we'll wave in Marshy here from the Kona Silence. Tim, how are you feeling? Not
4: good. Okay. Not good.
1: <laughs> All right. We'll see. We'll see is right. Marsh is walking in now from the Kona Silence. He's putting on his uh headphones here. Marsh, how are you feeling? I feel good. Good. How was the Kona Silence today? It was good. Listen to some Blink-182. Okay. Marsh, as you know, Tim chose you today. Mm -hmm. You're the last person Tim beat. This is a revenge spot for you. It is. The Wheel did not do Tim any favors when it came to giving him random. The Wheel chose football today. Okay. Football is your category. Are you ready? I'm ready to go. Question one. What is the name of the trophy awarded to the winner of the NFC championship game?
4: Hmm. I know it's not the uh, Hunt. That's the AFC. So let's, let's use the options and hopefully I can narrow it down. Is it the Lamar Hunt Trophy, the George Hallis
1: Trophy, or the Deacon Jones Trophy?
4: Let's go with the George Hallis Trophy. Final answer. Question
3: two. Who is the only player... ...to have won the NFL regular season MVP five times. Only player to have won the NFL regular season MVP five times.
4: Hmm. Is it Brady? Or is it Peyton Manning? Oh. Um... Manning, Brady, Finkel-Einhorn. If Jamie's listening right now, he's going to want me to say Tom Brady. So let's go with Tom Brady, final answer. Question three, please. In the 2019-20 college football season,
1: LSU defeated which team to win the national championship?
4: They defeated... Uh, was it clemson? That was the Joe Burrow season. Or did they defeat Alabama? Um, I think it was Clemson. I think I think they beat them pretty good. I'm going to say Clemson final answer. Question 4: The Tennessee
3: Volunteers play their home games at Neyland Stadium located in which Tennessee
1: city? Knoxville. Final answer. All right. All right, here we go. Tim is the first playoff champion to return. He chose Marsh, the wheel chose football, and here we go. What is the name of the trophy awarded to the winner of the NFC Championship game? Tim, you went with the Lamar Hunt Trophy. Marsh, you went with the George Hallis Trophy. Correct answer is the George Hallis Trophy. That's correct, and Marsh did need the option, so Marsh has a one nothing lead over Tim who is the only player to have to have won the NFL regular season MVP five times Tim you said Peyton Manning Marsh you said Tom Brady correct answer is Peyton Ah, Manning it is Peyton Manning this time Tim needed the options though so we have a one one tie In the 2019-20 college football season, LSU defeated which team to win the national championship? Tim, you said Clemson. Marsh, you said Clemson. Correct answer is... Clemson. But Marsh did not need the options. So Marsh has a 3-2 lead right now over Tim. The Tennessee Volunteers play their home games at Neyland Stadium located in which Tennessee city? Tim, you said Knoxville, Marsh, you said Knoxville. Correct answer is Knoxville. Marsh did not need the options for that one either.
0: Tim, you have chosen poorly.
1: You
5: lose
1: today. <laughs> so Tim, you got 3 answers right, Marsh got 3 answers right, but Marsh did not need the options for the final two. He beats you 5 to 3 today in a revenge spot for Marsh. Sorry, Tim. All oh, good, man. Had
4: fun. Thanks, Tim. Right, Thanks Tim, for coming thank back. You. That was awesome. Yeah.
1: Thanks, guys. All right, so we'll have a new returning gauntlet champion for tomorrow. So Tim has been eliminated. We've gotten one champion now mm-hmm. crossed off because the fast lane needs a little uh, revenge here. What happens
3: if you win the championship? What do you get? Have you guys figured that out? Not Dang. you guys, but what if average Joe listener wins?
1: Uh, oh, it's something
3: big awesome. I mean it's big special. yeah you gotta come up with something special big, and big. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you guys already have and we just gotta yeah. make sure we I mean, don't it's gotta
4: be a secret oh yeah it'sash totally it yet yeah, yeah mm-hmm.
3: for sure
1: yep and not just pride either oh, no no so, no no yeah
3: you have a lot of pride anyway Absolutely. You, don't, you want
1: something tangible tangible mm-hmm. yeah, yeah b- something big yep uh expensive special and tangible mm-hmm. maybe we could get a uh,
3: jeweler on. And they would like to, to sponsor that you get a big old ring, maybe.
4: Maybe. Ooh. Oh, we can name it after somebody. Yeah. The
1: gauntlet playoff championship
4: ring. Yeah.
3: yeah. I mean, that's something that anybody would want as a young kid. They grow up thinking, can I win the gauntlet? Then they win, and then they mm-hmm. get into this championship format. Right. And you say, wow, mom and dad, I was in the championship format. You look at my And bling. I won. And check out the bling at Christmas mm-hmm.
1: time. Man, damn. Survive in advance. Yeah. I'll One like and done is tough for Tim. Nice job, Marsh.
4: Thank you. Yeah, it feels good uh, to get that revenge spot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even though I didn't remember that uh, I was the last one. you did. You did. You'll think of
1: it. That was a while ago. It was Tim, remember? Yes. It was uh, Tim, and it was random. You're right. Yeah. Okay, Mo on his payroll comments. Did we overreact a little bit yesterday? Or are we just spot on? That's next on 101 ESPN. (laughs)
0: back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
5: Why are people surprised? This isn't the first time that Mo has lied to us, so I just expect the lie. When he said three pitchers, that they were gonna get three pitchers, I knew that wasn't the truth. And he started backpedaling right away, and the last time he spoke, he kinda backed off of that. I knew that this was what we have is what we got. He ended up signing a Rule 5 pitcher, buying one yesterday to add, and that's probably all he's gonna do. So, we have to
1: lower our expectations. God, I love Janet. That's one and only Janet. You know her. Yeah. Good stuff, as always. Just from, comes from in Janet. hot every time. Yeah. You know? Nobody's safe, and we no. appreciate that here in the fast line. Dropping bombs every time. That's right. Jamie Rivers is on his way downtown with Dan McLaughlin and Anthony Stoltz. Don't forget, we with the Blues coverage tonight. Blues Jets pregame starting at six o'clock. We'll have the play by play for you as well in the postgame uh, to boot. So, Dan. Anthony Stalter, we're with you for the next hour and a half. We have talked about this throughout the course of the show. Yesterday, Dan, I overreacted. I think to the comments that were made by Mo because I immediately thought you're you're not going to you're you're really going to match the payroll from last from last year and that's it but as Derek Gould has pointed out he says and I'll read Derek's words because Derek uh, incredibly smart guy smarter than I am and he outlines this perfectly then he goes there is a difference between budget and payroll budget can remain the same or close selling at the deadline cut salaries so budget not met payroll will have to go up to meet it the Cardinals will have money to spend that's this. So, like, what does it mean to a Cardinals fan? What does all this mean to a Cardinals fan? It means that they'll have plenty of money to spend on what they need, which is pitching. What we don't know, and correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, what we don't know is whether or not they will increase payroll beyond what they had last year if they want to add, let's say, a two big-time pitchers or three pitchers. Will they be willing to expand the payroll in order to do
3: that? The other part of it is assets, and they've got assets to deal, potentially, in their everyday lineup if that's the direction that they want to go. So budget to payroll, yep, that's spot on. And the other part, because if you're just going X for X, then I think people would be frustrated. You Absolutely. Said, you know, that then I, I get that. After you said, we're going to go out and acquire pitching, and then you say, well, that's not going to fit into what that payroll would be. But when you eliminated Montgomery, you eliminated Flaherty, you eliminated some of the others that you got rid of. Ueno. Yeah, Wayno obviously Retired. is, what, $17.5 million off the books. Um, they can get creative, man. I mean, this is going to be probably – not probably. This is the biggest offseason that Moe's ever had, for sure. One of the biggest the organization has had in 20, 25 years – and I, I fully anticipate that they're going to get creative and they're going to take it all the way up to spring training and might e- might even go through spring training to figure out exactly what they need to do. And it's, you know, something right now is not a quick fix. So you sign one guy, okay, who's the next? And then after that, who's the next? It's going to be an ever-evolving situation with their offseason. And I it's it's huge. I mean, they can't be 20 games under five hundred like they were last year. Because then the fan base is going to say enough. Um, I do think they they get a little leeway because they've had so much winning over the last twenty years. But uh, this last year was an outlier, and fans aren't going to take much of that anymore.
1: No, not at all. Yeah, you bring up an interesting point too in the assets that they have. So let's let's go over this because I, th- I find this list to be kind of interesting. They could. I'm not saying. Don't get, look. Don't don't get it twisted. I'm not saying they should trade these players or they will trade these players. But let's look at it from the like an opposing team standpoint. Sure. sure. What, you know, you're hanging up the phone for for Walker, right? You're hanging up the phone for Win. Fair, fair. Beyond that, I I am hanging up the phone with Gorman because he's a lefty power power bat. I love
3: that part of it. The only thing that concerns me is that he's a young player. And a lot of back issues are ready Fair. for a young player. Fair. So, I, you know, I'm not in that clubhouse or I'm not in the training room. I, and even if I was, I'm not going to find out what's going on with his back. All I know is, do you answer the bell and are you in the lineup? And there's a lot of times he's been scratched. That would concern me. And if I'm saying it, it concerns the opposing team that might want to deal with the Cardinals mm-hmm. or even the Cardinals, I, I think, are probably concerned about that. But left-handed power hitters aren't falling off trees.
1: No. And that's the, the rub here. That's the the hard part to figure out. Right. So I'm with you on that. All right, so let's just cross off Gorman and too. So that leaves teams calling for Tommy Edmund and his versatility. Again, yep. not saying they should or will trade these guys, but you mentioned assets. So let's just deal with, deal with it from that perspective. Tommy Edmund. Brendan Donovan. I think, I think opposing teams would love to have Brendan Donovan. I do too. Newt. Yep, we saw last offseason that teams were interested in Newt. Beyond that, where it gets a little interesting, what gets very interesting, is if you include Nolan Arnato, who does have the no-trade clause. And I agree with the comment you made earlier. You don't make yourself better by dealing Nolan Arnato, even for pitching. But if Nolan is, let's just say, frustrated by the way things have gone, and he would be interested and you can get two pitchers that slide into your rotation, two young cost-control pitchers, would you entertain it?
3: Would uh, Walker Bueller be on your list? How yes. about May? Would he be on your list? Yes. Um, and that's what I'm saying. I, Bobby I, Miller. I, I think a lot of fans listened, and I get it. I mean, I, I understand. You hear that uh, they're not going to raise payroll, and you say, well, you just said you needed three new pitchers, too. I don't think we took into account number one the trades, which mm-hmm. lopped off a lot of salary, and you're going to be able to you know supplement that with what you do in the off season. But the assets that you have, yeah. you know, I mean, if let's just say for argument's sake, Arenado gets traded, that's a ton of money off the books, which would allow you flexibility to do even more, and you're going to get assets back pitching. And so there's various ways you can do this. Mm-hmm. You know, who's to say that they tender Dylan Carlson? Who's to say that they tender a Tyler O'Neill? Who's to say that they tender some of these other guys? That's another probably ten to fifteen million off the books, too. right. So you got to think about that too. They can get so creative if they want to, and they will they will this off season because that's one of the ways that they're going to have to compete. And it's just a matter of,
1: okay, well, what who are the pitchers that are coming coming back in recent? That's right. That's the key. If you're if you're trading any of these guys, you're you're certainly. I mean, one you're opening up a spot, which is which is good. You get you create actually some flexibility with this, and then maybe you just find a, a legit bench bat. You know, I, Alec Burleson's a perfect legit bench bat. Yep, somebody that shouldn't be in the lineup every day, but nice to have when maybe you need some power late in the game. Yep, but outside of that, though, you are weakening your offense. I'm okay with that if you're bringing in somebody that's going to slide in your rotation, and at the very least, you're writing them in that two spot.
3: I am interested. Jim Bloom is the former president of baseball operations with the Boston Red Sox. I'd be so interested to be a fly on the wall in the conversations that he has with Mo and Randy Flores and... Michael Gersh, and some of the others that have been around this team the last couple of years, an outsider's perspective of what you have seen from the St. Louis Cardinals. Mm -hmm. That's number one. Just, Just right off the bat, sits down, tell me what you think of our organization. Tell me what you thought of our roster and the construction of our Major League roster. What were your minor league people telling you about how deep our minor league players are? And then the other part would be, Evaluate the talent that I have here. Who did you like? Who didn't you like? Mm -hmm. Because there's got to be some type of evaluation with what they have, and you know they've let some good players go that they didn't see. I mean, do you think they wanted to let go Randy Orozarena with what he's done? Absolutely not. If they knew that Garcia was going to become this player, which other teams did not, but you wouldn't have let him go either. I want to know what you think of our players. What are we missing? in evaluating the talent that we have under our roof. Yep. And that's something I'd want to know. Yes. Before, for- I, before I deal, just tell me what you see. Right. Be the outsider to, and lay it all on the line. Rip me if you have to. I don't care. What are you seeing with the talent that I have currently? Because that's going to make
1: me more aggressive with this player or maybe not as aggressive. And and for those that don't know, what Dan's talking about is Kyle Bloom, the the former uh, Rays race. He was he was a he was a personnel man for the right. Rays, and then the the former president of baseball operations for the Boston Red Sox. Right, he he's look he's viewed as a, a consultant potentially for Mo. I agree with you. Somebody like Bloom that did come from the Rays organization, somebody that has picked your pocket before, that would be interesting. Look at look at the farm system and say, yep, nope, yep, nope, yeah. This our is guys somebody... are
3: saying this about this player. Yeah, absolutely, this... we wanted this player. Maybe you don't know why, but sure. this is why we
1: had him. That'd be very interesting, and you don't have to base every single decision no. off of what, but it's just getting more Voices. information, yes, from somebody, but an outsider's perspective
3: of that part of it, you uh-huh. know, somebody that doesn't have at that point uh, wasn't worried about what the Cardinals were doing, and now has a vested interest. Sure, that would interest me. The Molina thing really interests me too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love him to be some type of bench coach or. Uh, pseudo coach, where he has a variety of roles. But I do know this: I've got eighty-seven and a half million dollars wrapped up in my catcher. And if he's going to be my opening day catcher, I want the guy that can help him get and uh, to another level defensively because he has to be better. Yeah. Um, in receiving and also calling the game. And if I got Molina to help him out, I feel like I'm a better
1: team, no doubt. And they're they're saying that too with Wilson Contreras. Yes. They're saying that that he's going to be the starting. Sorry for my mic here. Something's going on. That sounds good. Um, <laughs> the they're saying uh. that Dan Wilson gets dressed. That was Dan. That he's going to be the starting catcher. All right, we got our sports six back coming up let's next. Three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six. Again, let's go blue. Three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six is the air conference service tax line. If you have a question for us, send it in. Sports six back next.
0: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast presented by Dom's Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions, I want to have them answered immediately.
4: Asking me all these weird questions.
0: Answer the question. Answer the question? Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's, your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years.
1: With Dan McLaughlin, I'm Anthony Staltzer. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Time for the Sports 6-Pack. You got a question for us? 314-399-9646 is the Air Comfort Service
4: text line. Dan? Question one, please. Question number one. From the 314, considering that City finished as the top seed in the West, is it a little bit of a failure that they didn't at least win one playoff game?
1: I wouldn't call it a failure. I absolutely would call it a disappointment, too. That's what I was exactly going to say. How can you not be disappointed with with getting balanced, not winning a playoff game after that season? It's good and bad. Yeah. And when I say that, I fear that, City fans will look at it and say, well, you're saying the season's a failure, the season's a disappointment. Absolutely not. It's quite the opposite. Expectations got so high. You raised the expectations in the inaugural year. Thank
3: you. You being a football guy, were you shocked at what happened here in St. Louis with this team
1: and how fans got around it and they carved their own niche in in the sports market? The only reason I'll say no to that is because people gave me such a, a heads up on <laughs> yeah. how big soccer was here, yep. or is here, I should say. Uh, Damn, Danny Betlock, my oh, former, sure. producer, uh, Duncan, former producer, Duncan uh, former producer. I love Dan, still talk to him, you know, a bunch, and he's a massive soccer fan, and he would always tell me, hey, if they ever get an MLS team here, it's going to be huge enough people who who you know who i respect told me this is a hotbed so no i'm not i'm not surprised at all. the
3: thing that i find hard to believe is knowing the history of soccer in this city mm-hmm. and around town why did it take so long for mls to not jump on i mean how do they not know how are they not informed or at least be beyond the you know going down the road a little bit more and doing their due diligence Of understanding what this would be like now maybe it was an ownership question maybe they had questions about corporate sponsorship Uh, that's all fair who's going to be the one that foots the bill for the stadium get that too but this has been years man Mm -hmm. years in the making where you could have found somebody to front this and the taylor family is unbelievable i mean they've done so many things from soccer soldiers memorial uh arch grounds forest park for i mean all these things that they have done and to get their name behind it was the final cherry on top but i do wonder why it took mls to get to this point to make this thing happen
1: you know maybe too it 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 did it it was it worked out to be perfect timing i say that soccer fans soccer fans are going to be frustrated but dan look at my god look at what they did with the aquarium yep the the ferris wheel and you lost of course, the rams city park you lost the rams but you built up that that area right next to enterprise center i am as a father i am now proud to bring my kids down there and say this is your city yep look at you know we go we we've gone to the aquarium we've 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 done the um what's the uh ferris wheel yeah the ferris wheel but the the, every holiday season you go on the train oh the the trolley down there yeah the polar express that's it yeah did the you know we did the polar polar express had a great time the city has has revived in a lot of areas you mentioned the arch grounds of course what they did next to bush stadium where you know they they've got kind of the 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 fountains and everything the city of st louis it has become revived again and 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 i love that so maybe it just kind of took that that timing to have it all work out. Yeah, maybe so. I, I just wish it would have
3: happened earlier. Sure. it probably should have happened earlier. Yeah. Question two, please.
4: Question number two. I think you guys will like this one. From the 636, what is the funniest sports quote you can remember?
1: Hmm. Had to be something from Yogi Caddy Bear.
3: Caddyshack. Right? Oh, God, you're thinking moving. <laughs> 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 uh, Had to be
1: something from Yogi, though. Yeah. It ain't over till it's over. Um... I mean he had so many now did he did he actually so there was always some debate about this. Did he whether he actually said it or he was he was almost like trolling people, right, he was right. joking.
3: Um I could go back to my uh high school days and my gym coach, who was a basketball coach, God rest his soul, but he said, You four over there, uh or no, you three over there, go make a square. Um, and we don't be like, what? What are you talking about? And he meant it. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't realize you're not going to make a square with three people. Did make me think a little bit though. Maybe that was his whole point. You're
4: supposed but, to think outside the box. Oh, Dan.
1: nice, nice, Marshy, very nice. So here's some Yogi Bear quotes. You can observe a lot by by just watching. In theory, there is no difference between theory and practice. In practice, there is. It's tough to make predictions, especially about the future <laughs> If the world were perfect, it wouldn't be When you come to a fork in, fork in the road, take it <laughs> I like that And always go to other people's funerals Otherwise they won't come to yours I love uh, the 636 said That's a clown question, bro Yeah,
3: and that of it course make me Bri- laugh.
1: Bryce Harper too Bryce Harper, yeah uh, The the one and only Kamish. Yeah, that was it Question three, please
3: Question number three.
4: This one is for Anthony from the 618. Uh, did the kids get hit with a large dad tax this year on the Halloween candy? A.K.A. is the Halloween candy gone already? It's not gone, but uh,
1: yeah, large tax. I think that's per- that's, that's said perfectly. Uh, a lot of Reese's gone. Uh, a lot of Reese's peanut butter cups gone. A lot of 100 grand bars gone. Um, Those are awesome. Yeah. I, Underrated. I, there are no more Kit Kats. In the in the house, I was
3: shocked. We had a uh, a lot of candy bars delivered to the station, specifically because of you and Jamie. Well, they...
1: J- yeah, Jen uh, yes. sent sent us some. Thank you, Jen.
3: And a lot of Butterfingers were left. Mm-hmm. Highly underrated in my uh, in my opinion, Marshy, You didn't really want to go for it. You didn't really go for it, Anthony. Mm-hmm. And there was tons what? of Butterfingers left. Now mm-hmm. it may have been because the other options were so good, but you guys did not touch the Butterfingers.
1: We did, but I think we. We worked our way through at least one mm. bag of Butterfingers before you got here. Do we still have some? No. No. The we're only down.
4: We, yeah, we really had these Smarties right here. Which we're down I've to the been Smarties. A lot lately. Okay. Um, the Kit Kats went quick.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah the Twix went quick. The quick.
1: Twix went quick. Um, Twix are awesome.
3: Yeah. Heath Bar. Uh, Heath Bar do went. Do we have those? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't even have one. Yeah, Actually, sorry about Anthony that, Anthony and Marsh. I got in a long yeah. discussion about how you crunch a Heath Bar into ice cream. Yeah. That Damn. was really
1: good. Dan walked me through. So Dan and I expressed <laughs> our love for ice cream and Dan was telling me what a professional he is. Um, professional, I'm a pro. I mean to to crunch up the heath bars yeah. and then mix it into the ice cream, essentially uh, effectively milk. making a uh, a blizzard of some sort. Yes. F- uh, phenomenal. Thank you. I respected you beforehand. New new heights with that sort of hijinks jinks. You know yeah, how hard I work on those. They're so good. <laughs> They're so good. My kids love them. All right, we only got through half of our Sports 6-pack. Let's do the other half next on 101 ESPN.
0: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dom's Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. The question. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately.
4: Asking me all these weird questions.
0: Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The sports six pack is refreshed by maggie O'Brien's, your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years.
1: All right, so we got through half the six pack before. Yeah, that leaves us with three by my math. Yes, so. it does. Question four, please. There we go.
4: Question number four. All right, gentlemen, from the 314, if the Eagles get through this stretch of games 12 and 2, is anyone in the NFC beating them in the playoffs?
3: 49ers. 49ers get healthy. I think they can. I'd even throw maybe even Dallas in there with the way that Dallas... I mean, Dallas was two feet away from winning that game. Several times. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally two feet at the goal line yeah. was the one. Mm-hmm. And then what's the other play I'm thinking of, too? They, they, uh, he had the two-point conversion that's that he, yep.
1: he stepped out. Yep. Which, that's one. Come on, Dak. Uh, but no, Dan, you're right. I mean, Dallas Dallas played with Philly. Yep. That, was a, that was an even game, very close. Philly did just enough to win it, and Dallas did just enough to lose it. I mean, really. But I think Dallas can hang, hang with the Eagles. That, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good matchup. In fact, when you look at that division, Washington has hung with Philly. Dallas has done a nice job hanging with Philly. So maybe those two teams meet again. You get a, a similar situation. And who knows? Dallas gets the, the inches that they need. Otherwise, San Francisco... Fully loaded. Yeah, yeah, I'll take them. Are you annoyed with how many flags are going right now in the NFL? Does
3: it seem like more now than? And Marshy, chime in if you yeah. know. But I mean, did not seem like. It just doesn't seem like there's the flow to the game. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's been like this for a while. I, I, I just feel like more than ever, there's not the flow to the game that we've had.
1: You used the right word. Use the uh, the perfect word for it. It's the flow of the game. Last night, I noticed it.
3: Yeah. I noticed it big time that's why I brought it up big had, time last night
1: and I really noticed it after Brees Hall had a like a 17-yard run yes in the late third early it was fourth. the third quarter okay yep so that game you, you, did, you never felt like the Jets were really in it but the score it was still it was a two possession game for them it might have been five <laughs> yeah because Zach Wilson unfortunately but Brees Hall, Brees Hall had the big that big run or maybe it was a screen pass or something and I thought, okay, well, all right, maybe maybe the Jets could have something. And then the flag came out. Yeah. I really noticed it last night. You're right. It was very choppy. And there have been other games that have been choppy this year. Question five, please. Well, before we get to question oh, five. Marshy,
4: please. I just have a little thought. Do you think that I, – I would say, me personally, that fantasy football and sports gambling are at the height of – You know, this is the the most people have been locked into that stuff. Mm -hmm. Now that sports gambling is becoming legal in certain states, and you know everyone loves fantasy football, they have certain shows dedicated to that. Do you think more people that are locked in are seeing that more? Like, oh, the the game flow looks different because they're they're rooting for something to happen, or just paying attention, paying attention a little bit more.
1: That and the fact that the scoring has been down. Yeah, you're notice you're you're really noticing. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at these totals. 39 and a half two years ago you couldn't find one in the 30s no you couldn't find one lower than 44 like 44 is like wow this is gonna be a defensive struggle now you're seeing these so again 39 and a half uh, 37 and a half they're really low there was a i think a giants game that was like 35 and a half
3: and to marshy's point by the way i i just look at fantasy football it brings in a casual fan mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so somebody that necessarily wouldn't be locked in now they're studying their team it, you're not technically gambling you know you can be in a fun league with buddies and all that stuff and people pay attention because they want to win there they want to have fun and then once they're in they're
1: locked in and it's once a week that's Mm -hmm. another part too if you're doing like nba you could do nba fantasy leagues you could do nhl fantasy leagues you do major league baseball fantasy leagues it requires you to pay attention every single day yep it gets a little tougher once a week, you could study the injury reports and make your trade, you know, make make your waiver wire claims and all that. It's a little different. And you then guys you got all do this fantasy build up. Yeah. Yeah, I do Anthony too. Anthony
4: just picked up his first win in our 101 league. So yeah. congratulations to Anthony. Thank you. Yeah. Um, big win for, for you. I, I, had, I
1: had to make a big trade. It, it worked out. Do, so yeah.
4: I think it worked out for both you guys.
1: Yeah, because I think Alex won too.
4: Yeah, that's why BK was pretty upset the other day. Oh, well,
1: you know, BK oh, could have offered
4: yeah. me a deal. That's yeah. true. That is very true. Me personally, I, I love – uh, well, I love football. I love baseball. I love hockey. Those are my two favorite sports. Uh, those are two sports that I played growing up. But I do not play fantasy baseball or fantasy hockey for that exact reason what, what you just commitment. mentioned. Time commitment. And I can really put more time into fantasy football than I would – any other sport
3: i'm looking out the window and it's already dark
1: <laughs> it sucks <laughs> wait till wait for another 20 minutes or so we were in we are we were in pitch black yesterday 453 mm. and it's already
4: getting dark that's correct ah. question 5 please question number 5 all right guys from the 636 who will be the next al or nl central team to win the world series
3: hmm that's a good question
4: al or nl I'm going to go
3: NL just because the AL was really down this year and Minnesota got in and You don't believe in those Tigers? Uh no, not
1: yet. Not yet. So I'm going to go NL. Uh I'm going to go Cardinals after they get Yamamoto and yeah. Sony Gray.
3: This could really upset some and people. And Luis Severino. You give 40 million to a manager talking about the Cubs don't do it you're probably willing to spend on a lot of other players don't do it yeah
1: would the cubs do it damn Damn. i don't want to talk about it
3: okay question six please
1: uh the white Sox.
3: there you go
4: well it's gonna be the cardinals
3: i think the cardinals can turn this thing around extremely fast i like their everyday lineup I, i think they'll generate plenty of offense it's just they've got a lot of holes man with their pitching and it's not just the starters and i mentioned in the numbers the other day man relievers too that relief core got beat up and it was no good and i mean back end blown saves total era high leverage situations
1: nasty you got to revamp that whole thing here's the good and the bad here i'll start with the bad the bad is you have a lot to do like you just said you had a lot to do dan with the starting pitching and with the bullpen that's reality it's yep. bad got a lot of holes here's the good you only have to invest there. I would say that's right. You yeah. Don't, even so, if you don't make any Maybe trades, get a bench guy. Sure, you know. but that's not you know bench guy isn't going to put you sure. you know behind the eight ball or or over the top. You can allocate all of your resources to the pitching. It's like having the house done, and you need to revamp the kitchen. Like yep. that's a big project. <laughs> <But> <laughs> right. All of your money's going to the kitchen. I yeah. like how That's a you good.
3: It's a good comp. Thank I you. I think
4: you're right. Thank you, Dan.
3: No problem. Question <laughs> six, please.
4: Question number six. From the 314, I heard you guys talking earlier about Caleb Williams. What are your thoughts on Caleb Williams crying on the sideline after the loss to Washington? I you know, can't wait to hear what you have to say I was about jer- this. I,
1: so I was, I was being I was being snarky and a jerk, and I kind of did the whole crying thing. I took t- low-hanging fruit. Here's the thing kid's under a lot of pressure like let's be real about this he's under a ton of pressure he won the Heisman last year he's the Heisman coming Heisman Heisman favorite coming in the defense was has not been good for the last two years so he's got a lot of pressure on him to outpace his own defense and I wonder if the pressure just kind of got to him last big game against Washington your Pac-12 we know the Heisman's gone the playoffs are gone. Your last big chance to maybe get into the Pac 12, you gotta beat you gotta beat Washington first. And you did absolutely everything you could. You gave the team the lead several. I mean, how many times did USC? 7-0, 14-7, 21-14. And your team still falls short because you can't get a stop. Okay. I think he's frustrated.
3: Let's let's advance the story. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he's now draft eligible and Teams are looking at him and they're doing their deep dive and all the, you know, they're talking to a seventh grade math teacher and they're they're doing all that stuff. Does this incident at all hinder a team and question, I don't know what you'd say, his maturity, you
1: know, where he is mentally? You think that happens at all with something like that? If I if I were running a if I were you know in charge of an NFL team and I, I have an opportunity to draft Caleb Williams, I do it <laughs> nine I, out of ten right. The thing that's concerning me most is some of the other reports that have not been confirmed yet. The he wants stake in the ownership. He's got a list of teams that bothers me more. Yeah, I agree. Than him, right after you know or during a, a game, becoming so emotionally upset that you know. The, the the tears flow the, the the other stuff would bother me a lot more
4: does it change if he is doing a press conference and and ends up showing that emotion compared to what he did hopping into the stands and, and, and crying? yeah
1: pro- yeah probably because tim tebow didn't remember tim tebow right tim tebow did it and we didn't have a problem there we call it passion right I, you're a hundred
4: 100- max, max duggan did it too yeah he, true you know what
3: though you're a hundred percent right I mean, I'm worried about well, you're gonna tell me where I can draft you. I'm giving you a chance to go to the National Football League and pay you millions of dollars, which ultimately is one of the reasons you're playing football right now. Mm -hmm. You know, you you have the pride of USC and winning a Heisman and coming back and, you know, chance to win a second one, but ultimately you're trying to get to the league and you're asking for a stake in ownership or and we don't know if that's true where you're gonna go. Come on.
1: I know Eli did it. I know Elway did it, but it bothered me then. It bothered me when Eli Manning did what he did in 04 when he said, I'm not playing for the Chargers. Yeah. I want to be a Giant. And it happened he won two Super Bowls, and I like Eli now. At the time, I rooted against him because he, of that. You watch the uh, Manning cast much? He, no,
3: and
4: I hear it's great. You, hear, you see Arnold yesterday? He, he
3: had a donkey, his a live donkey come in. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger and was petting the donkey. <laughs> that on makes the, sense on
4: the mannequin. That makes, that
3: makes sense. Makes sure. all the
1: sense in the world. Absolutely. Doesn't it? The only reason I don't is because I I love I love football and I just love watching the 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 game. I don't need the the entertainment aspect with it. What I will do though is go back and watch the clips. Like was it last night that he was doing the um, no huddle? I signals? think it was. Yeah. That I thought was great. Well, the insight that they give from their perspective is incredible. That's awesome. Like I love going back and watching what they said, but I don't want to do it live because I'm watching and even a bad game. They're in a no
3: pressure situation where the producer's in their ear, probably. And saying hey you got to get this done in 30 seconds right they can sit there and do it for three minutes and like hey what, what were you seeing on that checkdown? What, what what would you have done here what, why did you call that or yeah, it's great you know I like that I mean you know you got plenty of time to fill you can get in what you
1: want no, you know no. that's kind of cool but I did like the signals the one was a turtle <laughs> it was a turtle. <laughs> go slow yeah <laughs> I thought oh that was great all right we've got what's trending next in the fast line on 101 ESPN
0: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Joey Vitale views things a little differently. Just imagine how he looks at hockey. Whoa! This is The View from Vitale. Brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company. A proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor.
1: With Dan McLaughlin, I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Line on 101 ESPN. Tonight we have Blues and Jets pregame starting at six o'clock. He'll hear from Alex Ferrario, play by play man Chris Kerber, and the one and only Joey Vitale, who joins us via our 101 at ESPN Celebrity Line. What's up, Joe? Well,
6: what's up, boys? Doing good. Just got down to the Enterprise Center and uh, looking forward to this one tonight.
1: Like the matchup for the Blues? Uh, listen, I, I, I do. It's
6: gonna be a it's gonna be a tough game here tonight. The Blues have not fared well in their division this year, so uh, what better team to kind of get this thing rolling and hopefully back on the better direction than the Winnipeg Jets, who they saw about you know week and a half, two weeks ago, and Winnipeg certainly came out and had a great third period to take advantage of St. Louis, but same lineup from uh, over the weekend, Jordan Binnington in the cage, and uh, they're just hoping to kind of figure out a way to extend some wins together. That's something they couldn't do last year. You win two, you lose three. You win three, you lose three. So I think this kind of 500 hockey, at some point you got to start Stringing some winds together to kind of separate yourself and pull you apart from from the pack.
3: Hey uh, Joey, did you survive Halloween?
6: Danny Mac, I survived Halloween. I'm still crushing. The, I'm still crushing the peanut butter cups that all my I sold <laughs> from all my kids. Uh, it, it was actually a really great night. It actually was a lot colder than a lot of people were expecting, but it ended up becoming an hour and a half. Kids got too cold. We came back. I popped open a bottle of wine with my wife. We watched the show. It it was actually the most relaxing Halloween I've had in a very long time.
3: Ah, good for you. I uh, had Jamie on the show. You know, I'm just filling in, and Jamie was in earlier. So I was talking to Jamie and asked Jamie about uh, Jordan Bennington. I said, man, this guy is playing well, and uh, I I just am curious of what you're seeing with Bennington. He's looked outstanding so far this year.
6: You know, one thing I'll say, you know, Danny Mac, one thing I'll say about Benny is uh, th- there is just something about when he takes over the net that is just very different than a lot of goaltenders. He just has this ability uh, to win. He has this ability to keep his team in it. And with him in net, you always know you've you got to fight in chance. And, and I know that sounds kind of, you know, across the board, yes, you should expect that for every goalie, but it's really not the case. You know, Connor Hellebuck. His his counter tonight is another goalie who, when he's in the net at any moment, any any night, he could take over the game and win your hockey game. You know, Andre Vasilevsky certainly the same way. We're starting to see that with Georgiev there in Colorado. Uh, There is a good handful of goalies that you know, pound for pound, you gave me one win. It's Game Seven the Stanley Cup Final. You got to pick one goalie. Uh, There are a lot of people outside the St. Louis fan base that would would look to Biddington as well because he just has this winnable nature about him. Uh, very poised, very focused from the day one of camp. He's had a couple games kind of slip away from him, but for the most part, he's been very dialed in. Uh, everything seems very connected, and I love the fact that they're using Joel Holfer as much there they are early because this is going to give your starting goal a little bit of rest.
1: Joe Vitale joining us right now on the Fast Line on 101 ESPN. Joe, what, what did you see in the last – I guess this to Jamie. I'm interested in your thoughts too. What, what did you see in the last two games for the Blues that were not there in the previous eight?
6: I think the biggest thing that you know we saw, you go back to the New Jersey game and you go back to the Montreal game, is that they really neutralized their speed. I mean, New Jersey, of course, a fast team. Montreal, very quick in transition. You're, they're not allowing these other teams to get up to speed and to find their transition game with the odd man rushes. Uh, and the biggest, the biggest reason why they're doing that and why the Blues have won these last two games, it actually starts in the offensive zone. They've had a very, very good. High forward, it, it takes a lot of discipline to stay high, you know. And people are like, well, how, why is it so hard for forward to stay high? I mean, you talk about it all the time. Why we want to go low anyway? Because you know, essentially, you're you're antsy. You, you want to go in on the offense. You see two of your guys battling in the offensive corner. You want to get in and around the net. So you, the anticipation and the the anxiousness just to get there is something that you know it takes a lot of maturity to kind of sit back and be focused on being that high third guy. When when they had that high third guy, like they've had the last two games, the last six periods. That sets everything up because eventually the team, when it begins to break out, that high forward is going right at the puck carrier. Or maybe you're tracking back and you're allowing your D to have a really tight gap across neutral zone. They can step up and it doesn't allow any easy entries. So to me, yes, they, they've had some success. They haven't allowed a, a lot of goals against against two very high-powered offense teams, one in Montreal and one in New Jersey. Uh, but it's less about the D zone and it's more about just the discipline they've had with their high forward, not only in the offensive zone, guys, but also just the ability for them to track back. Uh, with aggression and with a lot of fight to get back to the D zone and really help out down low.
3: All right, Joey, I need your help. You got to back me up on this. You ready? Let's do it okay so
6: whatever you're gonna ask I take your side but, but,
3: but go ahead, Joey that's why you're the best and people ask me about the top analyst in sports and the first name that comes to mind is Joey Vitale <laughs> so okay
6: now you're lying
3: no 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 you do a hell of a job um, so we always have on uh, the show who's gonna get the first goal and I said Colton Pareko tonight went out Ooh. on a limb I went Colton Pareco. tell me that that's gonna be the first goal tonight
6: that's all that is without a doubt this is why I think you're the best in the business because you got a keen eye. You got a keen eye for. It. I was with Colton yesterday. We actually did some on ice. We did some on ice stuff uh, for the TV side of things, and uh, we actually highlighted his one timer. I think you'll see it here in on one of these games the next week week and a half. But I'm feeding him one timer passes and and being up close. I mean, I remember blocking some shots of his, but on my playing days. But I don't remember this much velocity. I mean, I'm passing him one timers and he is just letting these loose like complete cannons. I've never seen him like it. I mean, the, the amount of bravery and courage it takes a step in front of one of these things. Uh, we've seen him have a great slap shot goal uh, this year already, Dan, and I will say one thing about Colton's game. It, I don't even think it's going to be from the point. I think it's going to be a rush chance. He has rushed the puck so much this season. He's been like a one-man breakout, and once he gets those legs going, he starts to chug those things long. He's a hard player to stop. So now I think that part of that rush opportunity to get up in the mix, get to the net, And uh, I think without a doubt, it is a great call tonight.
1: I love it. Thank you, Joey. I appreciate that. Joey, having said that, Uh, what do you think about Jordan Cairo scoring the first goal tonight and then scoring uh, (laughs) six of his next seven games? Because that's my prediction.
6: You know, I think that you need to surround yourself with Danny Mack a little more. Yes. That is a. um, The best, Joey. That is a rookie. That's a rookie decision on your end. Uh, Yeah. So I just. What I would do is just have Danny Mac just around, soak it up, mm. listen, do a lot of listening. You know, you're two years and one mouth. Do, do a lot more listening than talking. And uh, eventually one day you will be, I, I know this, you will be as good as the great Danny Mac. Well, Mac. let well, me tell you something. By you. the
3: way, if I really had my choice, I would have gone Jordan Cairo. So I'm
1: just going to throw that out there.
6: <laughs> listen, if Cairo okay, scores. Well, now I can't help either of you guys. So <laughs> listen, out.
1: listen, Joe, if Cairo if scores first tonight, you, you, you just got to throw me out a shout out, Okay.
6: I will. I promise you. I promise you. I will do for either or. If if Kyru does it, I will give you a shout out and I will. I will express to the millions and millions of listeners out mm. there that that I am. I'm a fool and I owe all <laughs> this side And on the flip side, if. Pareco scores. I will then. Now that I know this new information, I will say that Danny Mack is also a fool because he wanted Jordan Cairo as well. Perfect. And I'm the only smart person in
5: broadcast.
1: That's right. That's right. If anybody else scores, it's it's a it's a wash. So, Perfect. yeah, I like it. All right, Joe. We know you're going to get ready for the game. Thanks so much for spending some time with us, man. Have a great call tonight. We'll be listening. Sounds good, boys. You guys have a great one. You Thanks, too. Thanks, Joey. Joe it's Ali. He's the, great. He is. He's awesome. He Love listening Fastlane, to him. 101 ESPN. And you can listen to him tonight on the pregame show, of course, the game and the postgame, all on 101 ESPN and the Blues Radio Network. What you missed, criticisms, compliments, next in the lane.
0: We're right back to the Fast Lane podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
1: If you missed anything from today's show, which included two hours of our guy Jamie Rivers, before he went to do some Valley Sports Midwest work and broke down uh, the Blues keys to victory tonight. Also discussed the Blues shots on goal increasing and uh, whether or not it's a good matchup tonight for the Blues against the Jets. It's all available on the podcast, along with uh, would you deal Aaron or Nolan Hmm. Maybe Cardinals free up some space that way and also get some pitching. Mm-hmm. Not the craziest of ideas. It isn't. No, nope. we'd keep them. I'd love to keep them. You're a better team with them, Dan. Sometimes you got to get creative. Who knows? Sometimes you got to get crazy. Ace, or do you build a rotation with three guys? You spread the you spread the money around. Can I get a little bit of both? No. So I got to do one or the other. You got to go an ace, and then it's a massive drop off okay. for the other two spots. Or you can sprinkle the money. I think
3: I'd like Get to sprinkle. I I, th- I may have said ace before. I think I want to sprinkle. I think I like to sprinkle a little bit. Give me some like uh, B plus guys. Well, you know, if you listen to the podcast, Dan says the opposite. So you I think did. I did, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, you went ace. I don't think you understood. I didn't explain the rules. No, you did. I just I'm I'm changing my thoughts. You've convinced me with your
1: knowledge. Fair enough. We also talked about Mo's uh, payroll comments and if we overreacted yesterday, and we had just a, a fantastic breakdown of some of the comments made by the newest Boston Red Sox. Oh. President of baseball operation. What did he say again? Uh, he, he's a great synthesizer of information. Yes. Or
4: something like that.
3: Synthesizer of, I'm writing it down. Synthesizer, how do you spell synthesizer? Okay. Do your best. Information. Are, Got it.
4: Are you going to the mall later?
3: No,
1: I'm not. <laughs> Keep spelling, mister. <laughs> That's all available on our podcast, which you can download at 101ESPN.com or your 101 ESPN mobile app, all brought to you by Joshua Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Joshua Dobbs. I did that for Marsh. Marsh did that yesterday. We also talked about uh,
3: the Missouri Athletic Club. It's my MAC. That's correct. Yeah. Dan got a workout in and a meal. That's right. I think the uh, meal was probably too much
1: that I ate. No.
3: Yeah, it was.
1: Well, you're replacing everything that you lost during the workout. Yeah, you? it was That's... a hell
3: of a workout too. There you go. Took all of about twenty minutes. Did you? Did yeah, a nice twenty yeah. minute workout. Did yeah. you? Yeah. Did then... you go on the bike or? Ah, part of that was the old steam. <laughs> so we're down to about ten. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> <laughs> steam That's, my
1: is nice, <laughs> That's my MAC. That's
3: my MAC. Thank you, Marsh.
1: All right, Marsh.
4: What do we have for criticisms and compliments? Yes, from the six one eight, Anthony Should make a clear out the wallet camp for DeWitt. (laughs) Clear out the (laughs) wallet. Dan, have you heard our uh, clear it camp?
1: I have not. All right, so. This is great. You know when the puck goes into the defensive zone?
4: Hold on. Did you say our clear it camp? This is your clear camp. Marsh, you're with me. Well, I'm around you. Oh, Marsh. You're part of the show. You're my first.
1: Employee, I do not oh, okay. paid you anything yet. But ah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought you and I were in lockstep. That's fine,
3: Marsha, Your hair is going crazy It's, right is. No, it's, yeah, it? yeah. Yeah. it's
1: getting a little it's, crazy.
4: Yeah, I anyway,
3: to get a haircut we may have soon. to clean
1: it up for the clearer camp. Anyway, oh, yeah, you know, when the puck goes in your defensive zone, right? You got to clear it out. You got to clear it out. Right. I wanted to design a full camp around clearing that puck out of the zone, like a camp with kids. Yes. It just called the clear-it-out camp? Clear-it clear, clear it camp. Mm-hmm. Clear-it yeah. camp. Where we just shout at the kids, you got to clear it out. And they just do it over and over mm-hmm. again. Jamie hates the idea. Because technically, it's kind of like icing, you know, if you clear it too many times. Well, you ever, if,
4: you, if you do it right, it's a, it's a nice clear out of the zone. Little exactly. little flip off the, the glass into the neutral zone. Have Jamie seen, has not been imaginative at
3: all with this. No. So, by the way, the uh, Saturday Night Live with Samuel Jackson when he's the uh, hockey coach. I have not seen that. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, it's one of the best ever. It's one of the... You've seen Pulp Fiction. Yes. He is the character from Pulp Fiction coaching youth (laughs) hockey. It's awesome. If you get a chance, check it out. It's hilarious.
1: That kind of reminds me of like the Peyton Manning United Way commercial with the kids. Exactly. Um, That's good. No, the only SNL hockey skit I remember is the, let's do that hockey pretty good you've seen that
3: one. Oh yeah. yeah yeah if you get a chance check it out will you do that for me and I let will. me know what Absolutely. you think okay. yes of course thank you first thing i'll do when i go home tonight i'm sure you will i'm sure the wife and the kids hey guys gather yeah. around danny <laughs> Mac had an idea for us and we're gonna watch it right now yeah we are so yeah. put down the ipad and let's go so pause that central michigan western michigan
1: game. yes big rivalry game tonight
3: on, fire yeah. up chips let's see we got espn i think cbs Sportsnet and espn 2 maybe yeah could be on the sounds, u yeah i think it's on the u not that we look we're just sportsmen by there nature
1: we, we love sports so we'll we'll check out any football game dan this is the best rivalry in the mac i mean if you, if you if you don't want to sign up for the best rivalry in the mac on a tuesday then my... you're not loving sports exactly thank you you're Marsh. not synthesizing
3: the you're information here no, to not. A...
4: Speaking of uh, sports and synthesizing things, the 636 thinks Careful, that we should Marsh. call the sports six-pack the synthesizer six-pack. Uh, you are deciphering Which and questions
3: to... disseminating
1: information. Yeah. Maybe we just change the whole name of the show. At some point, hmm. it's a great it's idea. Not the fast lane, it's the Synthesizer of Information show. Mm-hmm. Is
3: there something that would sponsor that name, Synthesizer?
1: I think the Boston Red Sox president mm. of baseball operations
3: would probably sponsor that show. Send uh, maybe Fenway Park Group, whatever they are. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree.
4: Yep. Marsh, what else do you have, please? This is the ultimate compliment from the 314. Every time the Blues clear it, i think of tony's camp thank
1: you that <laughs> is the ultimate uh you feel compliment. good about that i certainly do yeah yeah thank you and you should
3: you and really should and
1: you wonder when they don't here's the thing here's what here's where i really i'm gonna make progress with this every time they don't clear it out of the zone you think of man these guys need that camp
3: i think they take it a step further i wish coach uh, coach stalter was here yes help
1: us out I'm available. We'll talk to Chief about it. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he has me on on the uh, on the bench on the bench, at least for home games initially.
3: You should get that maybe one of the CarShield uh, youth teams mm-hmm. and just start there. Yeah, build them up young so that when they get to the NHL, they're like, man, Coach Stalter, he got me going at the age of eight, mm-hmm. and I know that
1: I need to clear the puck. Right. You got to get it. You got to go off. Now, I'm building plays off this, too. Mm. That was last week. We're going to shoot that puck off the glass Mm -hmm. and have it ricochet Uh to the F1 streaking, doing a nine route, streaking up the other side of the boards. That's football, by the way. Either way, we're going to combine the two. Nobody's thought of it before. That's a great idea. So we're going to combine the two. We're going to do the... It's basically pool, hockey, and football. (laughs) We're going to ricochet off the boards. Hit the F1, go streaking up on the nine route, up the boards. He's got to break away every time. Teams won't be able to get you onto something. Thank you, Dan.
4: Funny enough, in high school, we actually had a play like that. Of course you did. Coming out of the zone, the defenseman, me, would throw it off the glass. Mm-hmm. The near side forward would shoot up and fly the zone. Nine That's route. center would be back for support just in case there wasn't a play there. I can hit him up the middle. He button hooked. And that far side winger would then crash towards center ice mm-hmm. so then you would have a quote unquote two on one Yeah, if that defenseman doesn't end up you know going back
1: so you got a nine route a button hook and then you've got what uh, sounds like a, maybe a dig across the center of the ice sure okay
3: and it worked this made me laugh out loud sure WW <laughs> CSD
1: what, what would Coach C- Stalter do <laughs> <laughs> he'd clear it <laughs> He would clear it in this spot. <laughs> All the blues players are wearing the bracelets. <laughs> See me out. There, I'm in a suit, Slick back hair for no reason. It'd be awesome. <laughs> you always got the just playoff scream. beard going. Oh yeah, just screaming. Claire, yeah, you gotta clear that.
3: You get after Pareco a little bit. Oh yeah, and yep. he knows in his post game commentary. You know, Coach Stalter tried to get me to think this way, and I just wasn't. Right, and that's on me. And We'll get after it in practice tomorrow when Coach Stolter hits the ice. We'll fix it. Yeah, we'll you, absolutely fix it. Damn straight you yeah. will. And you're I'll always, fix
1: that. I'll do the the post game stuff with Jamie and I'll always look disheveled. I will get the hair like just <laughs> going back, you know. I'm like, well, you know, we, we did a decent job clearing it in the first and second period, but a horse bleep job doing it in the third period. We'll get that fixed though.
3: And you'll start uh, getting like really baggy eyes, oh, bloodshot yeah. because yeah. you're you go- I mean you're mulling over tape all the time. <laughs> You gotta look. You gotta look at the film till four in to morning. the morning. <laughs> you, you gotta
4: synthesize the information. You gotta synthesize
3: the info. Yeah.
4: All right. One last thing here. Um, not a criticism nor a compliment, but John Foseylock will be uh, responding to all of the criticism sometime this week. Okay. So just uh, letting the that. listeners know that John Foselock will uh, will be letting us know what he thinks. All right. Fair. Can't yeah. wait.
1: Looking forward to that. That's a good tease for down the road dan always a pleasure thank
4: you buddy uh you're gonna be, you're gonna be back
1: what friday
3: yeah friday i'll be with you full filling show in for yep full show filling in for jamie beautiful so
1: dan mclaughlin uh until then always always great to see you brother always man. fun to do this guys appreciate it andrew marsh get that hair going look at you looking good kid looking great we'll be back tomorrow two o'clock you got blues jets pregame starting in about five minutes
0: see you. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented
5: by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.